0: Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Extended version this morning from 9 a.m. till noon. We are on the air. I am Kelly Patrick alongside my man, Brian the Insider, on the heels of a ev- very exciting first day of the NFL playoffs wild card round. The Cincinnati Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers had one of the most absolutely thrilling games that I've seen in my lifetime. Very disappointing morning, very disappointing day yesterday, um, almost to the point of of, of considering abandoning your allegiance to your your favorite NFL team and going forward in another direction. The Bengals had the game uh, perfectly in their hands and due to, well, it it can be interpreted many different ways, but due to the action from... Adam Jones and Vontae Burfecht, there were some penalties that put the Steelers at the very end into field goal range and gave them the ability to kick a field goal and win the game. So a very disappointing uh, show from the Cincinnati Bengals. Many are calling for Marvin Lewis to be fired, as they have many times in the past, and it's something that we will have to wait and see Um we encourage you to give us a call here on the the weekend sports buzz. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We look forward to a great show. We've had a couple technical difficulties that we are working out, but we will be with you shortly. Hope you're enjoying this sugary, Jerry Garcia sugary version um, this morning. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Brian and I will be back for a um, very action-packed, weekend sports buzz be sure to stay tuned Maybe I'll meet you all around. welcome back to the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 wxvw we encourage you to give us a call on the oxmoor chrysler dodge jeep and ram buzz line to get in on the action this morning we're in full season uh, effect mode when it comes to college basketball. We've got the Louisville Cardinals and Kentucky Wildcats. I know you all love talking about that. Um, they're both making strides in different directions. And it looks like going forward, we've got a season where both teams will have their ups and their downs. But I honestly believe they both got the, have the potential to make a run when it comes tournament time. So at least we're all engaged in college basketball this season. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian? I'm sorry. Brian, are you there? Brian, do we, do we have you with
1: us? Yes, yes. Yes, I am.
0: Great. Um, good morning to you. I said that we have college basketball in full uh, regular season mode, we're in conference play. And we we got the Louisville Cardinals and Kentucky Wildcats to look forward to. We're going to see ups and downs from both teams this year. But I believe both fan bases uh, have plenty of reason to be optimistic and reason to be engaged in the season this year. So you can't really ask for much more than that for both fan bases. Having a little bit of uh, connectivity issues with Brian again. Golly. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Please give us a call. Love to talk college basketball with you. Love to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, game from yesterday. One of the uglier displays of football that that I can imagine seeing in in my entire lifetime. I was explaining to to a couple friends yesterday the history of... From my perspective, of the reason the Steelers and and Bengals fans in their uh, teams really don't like each other, and in my opinion it dates back to 2006 when they um, started to the the current state of the Joey Porter and James Harrison-led hatred uh, that we saw – culminate into just an ugly event last night when we had Chris Henry, Carson Palmer, when Kimo Vonnell often with the cheap shot on Carson Palmer prematurely ending what many believed to be a season that not only could have resulted in the Bengals winning uh, a playoff game, which, keep in mind, hasn't happened since 1991, but could have realistically, considering the fact that the Bengals had a strong defense back then, they had Delta O'Neill and Torrey... Um, Torrey James, I believe, was the, the other cornerback. They had a very strong defense with some pass rushers, and they had Sam Adams inside. They had a lot of talent on that 2016. And the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kimo Von Alhoffen took a cheap shot at Carson Palmer, ended the season, and ended playoff hopes for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that is exactly why today you see the disdain between the Steelers fans and you saw the Bengals fans who, keep in mind last night, as Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, which was a very fair shot by Vontaze Burfecht, he's being carted off the field and Bengals fans threw garbage at him.
1: Yeah, yeah, hey, I'm back on, Ryan. I tell you what, I'm convinced now that the Bengals are jinxed because of the fact I've tried to get on this show three times and I've had three power surges in my home, one knocked the cable out, the other one has knocked my power out every every time I've tried to get on so
0: normally normally you normally have very strong uh, internet and electricity connections there so who do we blame for that Brian do we blame Marvin Lewis or is it
1: Mike Brown I'm gonna I'm gonna even go back further um, I went to a dinner last night uh, with my mother and my wife and uh, my son and uh, and the and had a plan to go have a nice dinner and then go home and watch the Bengals game. It was two hours late. I didn't get to see the start of the game. I blame that restaurant since that time last night. I can't shake this Bengals loss, Kelly. I mean, this is, this is the most stinging defeat that, that I can remember. And I, I thought it was better after the tequila last night. But I woke up this morning. I woke up in the middle of the night. And it's all I can think about. It, what a comeback. A.J. engineered. It was 15 and nothing. We come back and get the lead, and then we put the ball on the carpet and with, I mean, just the worst fumble, and, and he knew it. He'll knew it right away. He, he did the Cobra over on the sidelines. He knew he knew that that he just cost his team the game, and out trots Roethlisberger, who you got a hats off to him. What a perform! I mean, when he came out, I think everybody knew what was about to happen, and uh, man, oh, man, does this one sting. This one stings bad. We know about the penalties. The question is, do we really think Marvin's going to do any discipline on either one of those bad actors? Kelly, what do you think?
0: Uh, that's the question. You know, I heard Bill Cower after the game. He, keep in mind, he obviously is somewhat biased when it comes to the Bengals versus Steelers history, uh, being that he coached one of the three coaches in the history of the, the Steelers franchise. Um, but he put the blame for the lack of control squarely on the shoulders of Marvin Lewis. I don't know if well, you sure. caught that, Brian. He said it, it yeah, I did. I 100%, did. I 100% the head coach's responsibility. And it's his fault that Adam Jones and Vontaze Burfecht were entirely out of control on the sidelines and in the oh. in the middle of the field last night. Which, in effect, cost them the game. They each had 15-yard penalties. Which, together, that's 30 yards. I mean, the, the football field's only 100 yards. They cost their team the game because oh, yeah, they were right out of right. control. I mean, there's no denying that.
1: Well, and, and I'll go a step further. I'll agree with Cower. I watched Marvin Lewis's game. He didn't even address it. He didn't even address the, the, the two penalties uh, in his initial comments. I mean, he kind of brushed that off. Calm, cool, collected. Marvin, I tell you what, I agree completely. Perfect. They said early, you know, the, in my opinion, the game changed, and I'd love to have some callers call in the, the Bengals went into the fourth quarter down 15 to nothing when Bernard, uh, the running back for the Bengals, got helmet to helmet. It didn't get called and he laid motionless. That's what fired up the Bengals. But they said Burfick really went, kind of lost his composure and was kind of uh, a crazy man, crazier than normal for him the whole fourth quarter. And it manifested. He did do a beautiful sack that we thought put, uh, you know, a legal. Tackle, but man, oh man, lack of composure. Adam Jones, they were both running around like nut jobs. I tell you what, Jim Nance, I've, I've listened to him a lot in football, a lot in golf. I've probably, I don't know, how many untold hours I've listened to Jim Nance. He sounded genuinely scared of the crowd that was there last night. He was very worried. The sidelines reporter, if I, if we could have somebody that was at the game call in, I would love to hear it. But uh, and another thing, Kelly, we got to address. It rained like cats and dogs all evening. So uh, I tell you what, it, uh, I can't get it out. I can't get, the, I can't get the feeling off. I mean, it's bad. The, the tequila didn't work. It helped. I don't want, it, I don't want it, you to think it didn't help. Uh, I, I sure. don't know how much it's helping now, but, uh, it, uh, but it, it helped. It took the edge off of it a little bit. I mean, it, but uh, it, it didn't reverse the score, no.
0: Would we have seen a different outcome had the red rifle Andy Dalton been healthy? No, I don't think so.
1: I mean, it would have hurt. I, I I you know, if you look, AJ had a bad start to the game. He had a glove issue. He did not he threw a he threw a wounded duck that just hung in the air and was underthrown by 20 yards. That was his interception, but he played very well in the fourth quarter and threw a touchdown pass uh and, and really, you know, really looked good and got him going. I, it's easy to say, yeah, but, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything that, that Dalton hasn't won a playoff game. They had that game won. They came back and scored 16 unanswered in the fourth quarter, and they took the lead with a minute and a half to go, and Hill puts the ball. And they got the ball on the 20, Kelly. They could have stopped and not run a play and kicked a field goal.
0: They could have. I, that, that's the troubling thing about this whole thing. Jeremy. All Jeremy Hill has to do And I heard a couple analysts afterward pointing out that Dalton, being that he is at least more experienced in the NFL than than A.J. McCarron, in the huddle, all you have to say to your team is this, hey, Jeremy Hill, I'm going to hand you the ball. We don't need you to break a 10-yard run or even a two-yard run. Just don't fumble it. That's all that matters.
1: But he did. He fumbled it. He put the ball on the turf, and uh, I tell you what – You know, it's a tough win. Hey, let's talk about some other stuff. Very impressive win by the Cats on the road last night. They needed that win. They got it. It was a – had to go into Alabama, uh, and and they needed a win, and they got it. And uh, hats off to the Cats last night. What do you think of this Kentucky team, Brian? You know, I like this Kentucky team. I think surprisingly – I'm a Louisville fan. Everybody knows that. Surprisingly, it seemed after last week when you had Tyler call in and Mike Two diehard Kentucky fans. I think I like the team better than a lot of Kentucky fans. Uh, Tyler said he didn't think it was a top 15 team.
0: Well, I it, do. it's a little bit more human than we have seen many of the Kentucky teams in the years past, especially years like I continually point out where you have Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis. I mean, hell, uh, 50 years from now, we could look back and those are two of the best centers um, to ever play the sport. I mean, to compare a team to something that's led by somebody like that even if it's just for one freshman year. I mean that's not fair. This this Kentucky team has a lot of talent. They just don't have a future NBA MVP on their team.
1: Well, good point. What about Poitras last night? 25 points and 7 rebounds. That guy's Jekyll and Hyde. Uh but it, when he's playing, well, but then you got to look over at Sky going into the year, Scow. the project I'm sorry, Scow. the the predict, projected number one uh he played four minutes last night and got a goose egg and one rebound. I mean, that has got to be the most amazing story in college basketball. And how, how, I'd love to hear from Kentucky fans. He's got to come back. I mean, I know they draft on potential, but, but Cal doesn't even want to play more than four minutes. And, uh, really amazing. The Cats got a three by Michael Mulder off the bench. They had three points off the bench last night. But a, but a nice job by Poitras. Once again, Murray had 21 points. Uh, you know, Euless uh, had a very kind of quiet eight points, but he had eight assists. Tyler Euless shows up every night. I tell you what, uh, uh, very impressive. And, uh, but boy, the, the, the foul shooting woes for Isaiah Briscoe continue. Oh for 2 last night. I think he's getting close to getting in the 20s. This is a this was a high school seventy five percent foul shooter. I think he's shooting about twenty five percent now from the foul line. Is that right? Thirty. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Geez, thirty four percent right now. And he was over two last night. So maybe so, those I mean,
0: numbers haven't been. Um, no, that
1: didn't help his numbers last night. And he's that's, a shooter. A well, he's a he's the two guard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, well, they got a three guard rotation. So, but big win for the cats on the road. Uh, I mean, if, if Alex Poitras can play like that, not only is it going to help the cats, it's going to help Alex Poitras because he'll have a shot. He's got the body. He's got the athleticism to play in the NBA, but he doesn't have the consistency. And, uh, he's in there sometimes he played well against Louisville. Uh, but then he comes back, uh, when they went down to LSU, he was a no show. You know, I still haven't seen the, uh, the big guy from, uh, well, I guess he played a little bit. He got in one minute last night. No-, no, no, that wasn't him. Still haven't seen the big transfer um, that Kentucky got midseason. So uh, Cal said he was out of shape. I watched Cal's postgame or pregame uh, going into Alabama and said he just he, he can't make it up three times down the court. But uh, definite some inside uh, concerns for the, for the Cats. I mean, w- it, w- if Scal can only play four minutes a game and he doesn't get any points – that's a big hole that, that needs to be filled. And right now, nobody's stepped up so far for the Cats to take that.
0: Marcus Lee played 24 minutes, recorded 11 rebounds, one block shot, and eight points. So a solid outing for Marcus Lee. I think if Scal is not going to show up like he hasn't been, let's be honest, um, you need an outing like that from Alex Poitras. Uh, oh, yeah. Had seven rebounds, 25 points. You don't necessarily need 25 points from him. Guys like Jamal Murray, Tyler Eulis on occasional score more than what he did last night, which is eight points. But um very, um very up and down season for the Kentucky Wildcats, in my opinion. I still think they've got the potential to get things together. I, I think Cal is actually an underrated X and O's coach, and I think over the course of the season... um They've got the pieces. You're right. Tyler Eulis is a, a player of the year candidate type player. This year, next year, any year he's playing college basketball. So I think that it's something really to look forward to for the rest of the season. What about the Louisville Cardinals, Brian? They play at 12 o'clock today at noon at Clemson. But a nice win on Thursday over the North Carolina State Wolfpack, I saw some different things from this team than I've ever seen before. Uh, we saw Quentin Snyder with a big offensive output. What did you think of Thursday's win over North Carolina State?
1: Very impressive win for Louisville. They kind of kind of spit the bit a little bit at the end of the game and let North Carolina State into it. But, you know, I tell you, I think uh, Nanu – He's playing better than any center. You know, I know Gorky's in the NBA and, and was very instrumental in the national championship team. But he did not have the physical, dominating, offensive presence that Nanu has right now. And he looked good. Uh, wow, what a, you know, what a shooting performance by Q. Uh, you know, it, you kind of forget that he's Ballard's all-time leading scorer. Almost 2,000 career points at Ballard. More than Allen Houston. More than DeJuan Wheat. Uh, and there's been a lot of great guys that have come through the doors of Ballard, and, and he's the number one scorer. So I guess you shouldn't be shocked when he has that. But, man, his shot looked a lot better. Patino's been on him to shoot more when he's open. So uh, big, big performance there. But a, a, what a performance by Spalding. I mean, the 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 ability of Spalding to really come in, and, and he's a very unique player for Louisville. And I don't think anybody, including myself, did, did saw this happening so early with him. Mitchell had a slow night, but he got in there and played aggressively. It gives the team a lot of energy, uh, big win on the road. And as we know, they got a big game today at noon at a dangerous Clemson team. And uh, so they got, they got their work cut out for him again today at noon. Uh, so it's, uh, but it was, that was a big road win against a team that is a pretty decent team, North Carolina state. And they had 17,000 in the crowd.
0: Now it's been years Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but it's been years since we've had two significant tri- contributors for the Louisville team that are hometown kids and Ray Spaulding and Quentin Snyder. They're legitimate kids. They're guys who, and what I mean by that is, they're guys who came up through Louisville and were raised here, went played all their years of high school basketball here, never moved away a la Rajon Rondo, um, and they stayed and they went to their hometown school, and now they're two... They're literally two of the best players on the team. It's something that that I don't remember seeing in recent years at all. And I think it's absolutely a joy to watch both of these guys.
1: I agree. Uh, But, but hey, let's, you know, I think Louisville lucked into getting both of these guys. You know, I don't know, Rick, a lot of times the grass is greener someplace else. I mean, Q signed with Illinois. Rick didn't get on Q. and, And for his love of the Cardinals came back. You know, he didn't get on Rondo, who grew up a Cardinal fan, uh, got on him late, but, uh, you know, uh, didn't bypass D'Angelo Russell, didn't get on him early, uh, let him get away to Ohio State, was not on Spalding either. Uh, So it's great to see it. It's wonderful for the program, but I don't know how much credit we can give Rick. I mean, they kind of just demanded to go there. I mean, Q actually signed and enrolled Somewhere, And we were lucky to get him back, but uh, it is great to see. Uh, We're just lucky to have both of them because, boy, I tell you what, especially with Spalding, we've been watching him somewhere else for the next four years and say, how does this 6'10 lottery pick get out of the city of Louisville without us offering him? And, uh, you know, that almost happened, but thankfully it didn't.
0: Now, you mentioned Shinanu Anuaku had the big performance with 14 rebounds and 12 points. Jalen Johnson played 21 minutes, seven rebounds, and eight points. One block shot. Very solid outing for Johnson. He had that spectacular dunk tip. Um, what do you think of the direction of these front court players as we only saw seven minutes from Mahmoud and one minute played from Matt Stockman?
1: I thought it was great. Yeah, kind of the two seven-footers uh, you know, didn't really – Contribute a lot in that game. They're great to have off. Their length is great to have off. Jalen Johnson played very good. Hit his foul shots. He did have the uh, uh, very much internet crazed uh, problem where he was taken out of the game and got confused and uh, went to the wrong bench. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, Kelly, that's but, right. Uh, he went to the wrong bench, and uh, that doesn't show a lot of uh, mental toughness. Uh, but. Uh, He did look good, and uh, I tell you uh, what—he's a character. I mean, uh, saw him shooting his foul shots, winking at the camera. I mean, he uh, is—he is a very, very, very uh,
2: charismatic, funny
1: guy. Yeah, charming—that's what you call him. Yeah, charming. He wasn't charming to the North Carolina State players when they found him at the end of his bench. So I mean, I don't know how I don't know how charming that was. In all uh,
0: seriousness, Brian, looking at him on the court, I had to point out a couple times, golly, he looks big. I mean, he's almost, yeah. he's about as big as Shinanu.
1: Yeah, no, and wide. And he gives a lot of energy, and he's finally getting in shape. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, he he looked good. Louisville's got a lot of depth. Rick hasn't had this kind of depth in a while. You know, it was kind of funny. we Very slow, uh, you know, uh, game scoring-wise for the two grad transfers. What about Tony Hicks, Kelly? Yeah. He goes right back to the well and picks up another fifth-year guard, Uh Friends of Damian Lee, the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League transfer.
0: Yeah, isn't that an interesting uh, habit that Rick's coming into? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is a little different than both Trey Lewis and Damian Lee in that Damian Lee and Trey Lewis are both currently playing their fifth year of college basketball, right? Correct. All right, now, now Hicks is actually sitting this year out.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he redshirted or not, but he is classified as a fifth-year transfer. Okay, so I regardless I,
0: of, the, of the, the, yes. the reason, he's not quite the scorer that either Trey Lewis or Damian Lee is. I think he's only averaged 14 or 15 points a game uh, most recently. But count on this. He's the type of guy who can come in and shoot, and he'll be able to hit his free throws, and Rick's bringing him in for a reason. I like it. Yep. As long as it's like within it the rules— As long as it's within the rules, you can't really hate on it. It's an interesting—I haven't heard of any other coach in the country, maybe Fred Hoiberg a couple years ago, where he really thrived on the uh, Iowa State transfers coming in and building a program uh, via the transfers. But I haven't heard of anyone who really exploits this specific rule like Rick. I like it. It makes it a, a unique situation. Where would the Louisville team have been a few years ago had they never brought Luke Hancock
1: aboard? Yeah, yeah, and they had to wait for a year. Luke was a key person. You, you could argue that they don't get a national championship if Luke doesn't get hot in the second half.
0: Oh, you could yeah. argue. I mean, geez, yeah. that guy hit four three-pointers in a row
1: like n- nothing I've yeah. ever seen before. So, yeah. they're no, it, Instrumental in it. Hey, what about, did anybody see the uh, the, the guy, the, uh, what was his, Rowan? Maverick Rowan. Golly, he North looks Carolina good. Race? Oh, man, he, he single-handedly. almost got them back in the game, and, you know, Rick played it off in the postgame, you know, that everybody, you know, uh, recruits everybody and it's no big deal. But I would say that Rick didn't want any player since he's been at Louisville as much as he did that kid. I mean, He was he, supposed he to he be the next Luke play. Hancock. Exactly. And he flew to Fort Lauderdale, I bet, 15 times to watch the kid play. And he got the kid finally to reclassify and change his year. And he does and he goes to North Carolina State. And Comes back and gets 17 against Louisville, starts for North Carolina State. I see what the excitement was. He's got good size, great stroke, uh, 6'7. So, I mean, uh, but that was interesting to see. But yeah, I like the Tony Hicks move. Little concerned about uh, the you know, he's been suspended four times. I mean, that's not great. Uh, supposedly, he you know, I, I, I saw him interviewed and you know, he's matured and. Rick's not going to put up with it. I tell you some really interesting comments. If you read the transcript on Tony Hicks's interview, they ask him, "Are you concerned about you know the scandal at Louisville and maybe not getting a play he said he 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 told the media basically what the university's telling them is not all that concerned about it, and that Rick told him worst case scenario uh they could lose some scholarships uh and, and the absolute worst case scenario was next year they may have a postseason ban that's absolute worst but that the university felt that it wasn't going to be that big a deal so he's not worried about it what
0: what, what intrigues you about those comments brian
1: that the, the the university which is what i've been saying all along okay I so it is consistent
0: it yeah that's what i'm saying is it? it's, it's that sounds about spot on right
1: Yeah, I don't think the university needs, you know, to antagonize the NCAA. Oh, okay. So you
0: you don't think that that Rick's happy that Tony Hicks came out with those comments and they're now public?
1: Well, I mean, can't blame the kid. I mean, if Patino told him that, yeah, Rick. uh, Hell, Rick
0: probably doesn't care. The the U of L athletic department probably isn't too thrilled with it.
1: But but those mainly Kentucky fans that think Patino's. You know, I know there were, there were people that said Ramsey wouldn't make it to 2016. What's well, 2016. Ramsey's not going anywhere. Patino, no way. Patino would finish the year. I mean, that's the general consensus by a lot of people in the, in the Louisville press. I'm going to tell you, as I said on this show with Mike last week, would bet a large sum of money that he's not going anywhere. And there, there's not going to be anything done to this year's team. There's not going to be any self-imposing. You know, so nothing's going to happen to this year's team because the findings aren't even going to come out until in the summer. So, uh, you know, I don't see, you know, I don't even see anything happening as bad as what happened to Syracuse. You know, the nine-game coaching suspension. I don't see that. I do think we might lose a couple scholarships uh, if that happens. Fortunately, we're pretty loaded on on players right now, so uh, that could happen. But, you know, for those Rick Patino haters. And I'm shocked at how many there are around the country. I don't think he's going anywhere this year, next year. He's going to go out on his terms, especially despite all the haters.
3: No That's question. my
1: feeling on that. Hey, I'll talk a little horse racing. Sure. California Chrome. Been on the shelf for a long time. The Derby winner a couple years. Came back in a very competitive race at Santa Anita yesterday and looked better than the old Chromester. Established himself as probably the best older horse in training. Very impressive win over a pretty good field in the San Pasquale at Santa Anita. So very impressive. Good to have Chromester back. Horse racing needs him. Pharaoh's on the shelf. We got California Chrome back, and it was probably his most dominating performance since he won the Kentucky Derby. Very impressive.
0: What is the um, future hold for a horse like that? You know, is is there is there a chance that there's a lot of his career earnings still ahead of him?
1: He's gonna race this year where his career earnings are gonna be in the stud shed. So he's he's still looked at the reason he's still racing Kelly at this age and Farrow immediately was retired was because of his sire, Lucky Pulpit. Very unheralded. Most commercial breeders down the road in Lexington aren't crazy about California Chrome's bloodlines. You know, he's a great racehorse. But the thinking is an exception that probably can't be passed on in the breeding shed. So what he has to do is he has to show that he's an exceptional horse. So they brought him back, and uh, he'll be going to Dubai. He finished second in last year's Dubai World Cup. That was the last time he ran up until yesterday. So, I I mean, uh, 355 days rest, I think, and came back impressively. Uh, Poorly managed after last year's World Cup. They shipped him to... Uh, royal Ascot, and you know, just tried to clean up on the money, and he got very sick there and lost a lot of weight. And by the time he came back to the U.S., you know, he had to wait, but he's training great. So he needs a big year, and then and then he'll go in, and then he'll have to prove himself. Much different than Pharaoh, who's got just royal bloodlines. Uh, California Chrome is out of very unheralded uh, Lucky Pulpit, a California sire so uh you know and a very modest $8,000 not for love mare. so that was the big story about him how how inexpensively he was bred well on the flip side that hurts you when you want to try to then you know charge 50 75,000 per live foal so that's uh he's he, he's got to have a very impressive year and then this will be it for him so i'd say you know the the Dubai World Cup's a $10 million race he'll go to that in march you win that, that's $6 million. He could have a huge year in the earnings, and then he'll go in as a stud. Okay. So, you know, not really too far
0: from the 2016 Kentucky Derby points system
1: being a focus of our show. Right, Brian? Oh, no, not, not at all. Matter of fact, we had a Derby prep yesterday on the undercard of the Sam Pasquale uh, at Santa Anita yesterday. And uh, so the season's going. I mean, I, here in Ohio, it's snowing, but, uh, I'm all thoughts are on that sunny first Saturday in May.
0: Any, is it too early for any, uh, front runners?
1: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you know, uh, at this time of year, uh, you almost got to believe that, uh, you know, maybe the horse that wins a Derby hadn't even run yet, but yesterday, uh, a horse trained by Bob Baffert, imagine that named collected won the, uh, uh, sh- sham stakes at Santa Anita, so uh, nice win there. Uh, Martin Garcia, the connections there, they went, they they won that race. So um, you know it's it's going to heat up pretty quick now. And uh, you know, Gulfstream's going strong, Santa Anita's going strong. The Florida Derby will come up, the Tampa Bay Derby. There'll be a lot of stuff. Hey, switching gears a little bit. Didn't have a big game today against Duke. At the Yum Center. It's going to be going on about the same time the men's game is going to be played in Clemson. But uh, interesting about this is it brings former Miss Kentucky basketball Rebecca Greenwell, who's now a star at Duke. She spurned not only Louisville, but she turned Kentucky down, who's got a great basketball, women's basketball team. Now she came to Kentucky, and Kentucky beat her about a month ago, and she didn't have a great game there, but she gets another crack. Uh, she's closer to her family in Owensboro. So interesting storyline there, but they're looking for a big turnout at the Yum Center today with the Louisville women playing Duke at 130.
0: Wow, I didn't even know about that story. I wonder why they they would lose a, a Miss Kentucky basketball player with Matthew Mitchell and, and the, the Louisville program. You know, Walt's doing such a good job. Um, that's interesting they lost out on, on a Miss Kentucky well, to Duke.
1: It, Duke's, Duke's a, you know, I know it's in, in, a lot of people like to hate Duke, but Duke's a very good university. Well, you know, Why does the Canard, academic, uh, why, why did Canard, Mr. Ohio uh, basketball player, a very good five-star player, why he sign with Duke? And I see he's playing a lot now. He grew up a Kentucky fan. His family's from outside of Lexington. Cal thought he had a great, Cal really wanted him. Cal went after him hard. Of course, Thad Motta wanted him. Patino wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Why'd he go to Duke?
0: If you had yeah, – that's a good question, and I think uh, it, it brings up an interesting topic for discussion. If you have a child um, and you're looking out for the absolute best, especially in a sport like women's basketball, where it's not necessarily going to result in a lucrative professional career there afterward, why not send them to the place that's going to give them the best education and the best degree when they go into a job interview?
1: No, I agree completely. So, yeah, that uh – Duke's an impressive place, a fun place. She's doing well. That'll be a big game for Louisville. They're on a hot streak, but they've got to hold hold serve at home against an ACC rival, Duke. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting uh, game today. Okay. But I can't get, the, I can't shake, I can't shake. I guess we should. Brian, are you there? Talk a little bit about the Kansas City game, but I just can't shake the way that lo- that. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I, I got you. Yep, I can All hear right. you. Yep. Okay, So, so yeah, we got I, Kansas I
0: City, who's now won 11. Golly, they beat the hell out of the Texans yesterday. Now won 11 games in a row.
1: And nobody's talking about them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it took, it took this much time for us to get to them in this game. It's because Alex Smith and that team, they're just not that exciting. Imagine this, Brian. Imagine if you're the guy who made the decision in Philly to part whatever happened, to part ways with Andy Reid. How ridiculous are you feeling this morning?
1: Oh, I tell you what, uh, yeah, uh, you know and, they're wishing and they, that
0: they they had kept that guy around. I
1: bet. Yeah, and how how does San Francisco feel? That's like you're talking about there, yeah, letting Alex Smith was the former number one overall player taken. You're right. Yeah, Al, uh,
0: San Francisco would probably happily welcome that guy back today.
1: Yeah, they got some. Uh, you know, they got a, a quarterback who turned into a, you know real hot half a season in Ka- Colin Kaepernick and said he's our future. We love his tattoos and shipped Alex Smith away, the number one overall player, and uh, certainly paying the price for that right now. But what about Teddy? Teddy's going to be in sub-zero weather today. Big game for Teddy. Big game. And I do not want to see Seattle. I want Seattle out of there. So I really like to see that 1 o'clock game. Teddy really play well. But Seattle's hot. He's got a very formidable opponent coming in. And we got the late game, Green Bay, Washington. What a job Gruden's done at Washington.
0: You're right. Look at this as the Bengals have not only fumbled away once again, bungled away their playoff chances, but both their offensive and defensive coordinators from two years ago, Mike Zimmer with the Vikings, and then the offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, Louisville's own Jay Gruden with the Washington Redskins, both have big games today. So uh, I mean, all sorts of chances to still. If you're a Bengals fan and you're feeling the pain, like I am, and Brian, I know you are, you get mm. you have a plethora of options as to who to latch your allegiance to going forward. You got the Minnesota Vikings with uh, Mike Zimmer, the former Bengals uh, defensive coordinator. Also, Teddy Bridgewater um, to root for today at one o'clock, and then four forty, you got the the Washington Redskins with Jay Gruden. Who, I mean, if he doesn't deserve to stay on as the head coach at the Redskins after that horrible Robert Griffin III debacle, then I don't know who does. I mean, hell of a job oh, yeah. Jay he's Gruden has done staying. there.
1: You know, I, I, when I'm watching the Bengals game last night, they start talking about the current, I don't even know the guy's name, the current Bengals defensive coordinator. They say he's on the short list to go to Cleveland as the Browns coach. The, the offensive they- coordinator, Hugh Jackson. no. No, they were talking about the defensive coordinator. Yeah, use a hot commodity too. They were talking about this defensive coordinator. Unless I, you know, maybe the tequila at uh, at that point kind of started playing a role. But I think the uh, the fat defensive coordinator they had was someone that they were looking to ship. So I tell you what, the real question around the Bengals is, and we know we all sadly know the answer is: Does Marvin do anything? Is Marvin held accountable? We know he's not going to hold. The two thugs accountable that cost him the game, but I mean I mean, does anybody hold Marvin accountable? As you said, Cower and the pundits after the game, they hold Marvin accountable for the behavior of those they were rough. perfect was just completely out of control the last half of the game, and just waiting. I mean, he piled drove. he got lucky probably could have brought I mean he delivered a blow like a punch into Big Ben's gut when, when, he, when he sent
0: was, him out, but that was legal.
1: It was legal but it was borderline. It was and, borderline
0: and, it, and that's okay. I don't mind that stuff. I like that actually, right?
1: But it shows he's out of control. Yeah, he's and out of took control. The ball and ran in the tunnel. I mean, uh, confused. I mean, he had a great game, but man, he looks like he really needs some medicine. He needs to be controlled. And Marvin, that's the question. What do we do with Marvin? Owen oh, 6 now. Owen oh, 19- 7. 0 19- oh, 7. in the playoff games, man. You cannot blame A.J. McCarron. He led them back. He had a great fourth quarter. Once he figured the glove out, you know, it was raining hard. He did not have a glove. Put the glove on. And I thought he played great in the fourth quarter. And should have been the first quarterback to win a playoff game since 1990 for the Bengals. He would have been a hero if if Hill doesn't put the ball on the carpet.
0: We're going to head to a break. We appreciate you all tuning in to this extended version of the weekend sports buzz this morning. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge, Jeep, and Ram buzz line is 502 384 1450. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Uh,
4: baby! You need someone to-
0: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I am Kelly Patrick, joined alongside one Mike Gandolfo and the lovely Ashley Miller. How are you guys doing this morning?
3: The question morning. is, how are you doing? Because we're Ashley and I are actually very concerned about your health and well-being right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? So that you're okay. Please elaborate. Yeah. Where does where, the concern originate from? Please. Uh, well... Not only did your Bengals lose their playoff game last night for the uh, seventh time in the Marvin Lewis yes. era. Go on. But they did it in the most. <laughs> oh my God! Creative and unimaginable way ever. Yes,
0: you yeah. can Seriously. you can put it that way. Yeah, it was an ugly way to lose a game, and I don't think there's a term that better summarizes what happened other than they bungled this one away. It was. Uh, I have
2: a question though. Go ahead for you, Kelly. What's up? I mean, I know we've had we've had multiple conversations about your relationship with the one Andy Dalton. Um, my new question for you is: What's your relationship like with AJ McCarron? Is it better or worse? What's uh, your? Who would be your pick for going quarterback for, next season?
0: Great question, and I think it depends on the salary cap issues. If you could somehow. Um, I know that Andy Dalton's still under contract. They've got him signed, so it's not an issue. But I, I I, think continuity in the NFL is so important that if they can keep this core together... I like Marvin Lewis. I think that, sure, he doesn't have control over the team. He deserves to be fired, technically. But I think we should keep him, despite the fact that he doesn't have control of the team. That's a different topic. I could get going on that. Why? To answer your why, why what?
2: Well, actually, go ahead and answer the question. We'll come back to that.
0: I, I think... <laughs> A.J. McCarron isn't bad. I think that you you got a team that's built on defense, and they've got all this talent on the defensive side of the ball. You've got A.J. Green. You've got a solid offensive line. You've got, um, you know, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill. Uh, they've got talent everywhere. I think A.J. McCarron could be the guy going forward. I, I don't know that Andy Dalton, despite the fact that earlier in this year he was an MVP candidate um, – Sure, you got to start him when he's on the roster. If he comes back and he's healthy, you got to start him. But I like AJ McCarron. I'm not putting this loss on the shoulders of AJ McCarron.
3: I don't think you can. I mean, once he put those gloves on, he was a whole different guy. I think he was like, uh, you know, 16 for 27 once he had the gloves on and and really, you know, looked well. He his interception all came when the ball was wet and he didn't have the gloves on. Uh, And that's his first time even trying to throw with the gloves on. I mean, I think. I thought he did a, about as good of a job as, and given the situation, the obviously intensity of the matchup, the, the pressure of winning a playoff game, being at home, and then having the rain. I thought he did about as good as you could have hoped from A.J. McCarron. I mean, the interception was unfortunate, but it only really led to a field goal. Um, of course, the field goal could have been the difference in this game, uh, but you don't know how the second half would have played out. Um, otherwise, I, so. I I feel like I know this
0: Bengals team so well that I placed a five dollar bet with my friend yesterday. Okay, before the game, that the the Steelers would would win by three or more. Now really? what it, what ended so you up? Lost
3: the bet. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: So I mean, if if something summarizes my relationship with the Bengals more than that, I don't know what it is. The Bengals lost the game, but they still managed to so that I lost my bet.
2: <laughs> so you lost five dollars.
0: I lost five dollars and I don't
3: really I mean, I would love to talk about the Louisville basketball team right now. That's how I feel. Well, we're, we, we got to talk about this. I mean, I don't think there's I mean, just because there's so many different angles and storylines and, you know, you got the the questionable. I, first off, I don't see how Bryant's catch was a touchdown catch. Yeah, that was controversial. It was very athletic and impressive. That guy's a talent.
0: Catch. That guy's a very talented player, and I think this this Steelers team going
3: forward is very dangerous. And I don't. So I, I mean, so you go you go from that angle. Like, how, was that a touchdown catch? Then you have the different interpretations of a helmet to helmet hit.
0: Yeah, that is uh, screwy. I, I golly, what. Uh, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Please give us a call. Let us know. Giovanni Bernard was almost killed yesterday, and they did not call a penalty. Um, And then Vontaze Burfitt gets called for a penalty against Antonio Brown. So very curious call there. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Marcus? All right. How are you, Kelly? Doing great. I appreciate you calling in. What do you have for us this morning. Well, first of all, as far as that Bengals-Pittsburgh
4: uh, game last night, uh, let me just say that in the second half, I think you guys watched it on television as I did, I heard uh, Jim Nance and Bill Sims refer to the game as disgraceful multiple times, and uh, I think most of the disgraceful things were their portrayal of what was going on in the game. I don't know if they understand that they're watching a football game or if they think they're watching people playing Tiddlywinks, <laughs> but to constantly, constantly, um, every time there was a tackle made that was the slightest bit questionable, Phil Sims immediately said, "Well, Perfect was in the area." I mean, I'm give sure. it a rest, you dude. You know, let, let it go. Oh, and as, as far as AJ McCarron goes, <clears throat> last Alabama quarterback that did anything in the NFL.
0: Eighty-two. I don't know who who was it. He died this year? How about How about Kenny Stabler? Kenny Stabler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Joe Namath wasn't. Yeah. Didn't Joe Namath play there?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Joe Namath played at Alabama. He and Kenny Stabler were the last good quarterbacks they had.
3: Well, you know that's hard to that's hard to uh, debate. Actually, I mean they've had they have not had a good history of putting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, But you know AJ, I thought was not the issue yesterday. I didn't think he was the problem. Uh, but you're right. I mean, when you you had 18 penalties in this game, the Steelers had 10 penalties for 142 yards. They almost averaged a personal foul penalty every penalty they had, they had basically. And then the the Bengals had eight penalties for 79 yards. But then that was all magnified by the two penalties at the end of the game, uh, which again I, I I'm going to go. I think both of them were controversial. And you're going to see Burfick probably fined if or and or suspended for his hit. But if, if uh, Antonio Brown catches that ball, it probably doesn't get flagged at all. I just don't Yes, know how I agree. To I think that's completely right. Yeah.
0: Mar- Marcus, do you have anything else for us? We appreciate you calling in. Anything else before we let you go? Well, I'd just like to say that I'd rather have A.J.
4: McCarron or the local dog catcher as my quarterback than Ben Rapisberger. <laughs> Uh, it's the you know, the countdown is on until he rapes another woman and pays her off, not
0: to press charge. <laughs> okay. Thank you very wow. much for the call, Marcus. <laughs> okay. Mar- Marcus, bring in the heat this morning against Um You know, if you actually read the trams- transcripts of everything that went down with Ben Roethlisberger. Was that those- a
2: Freudian slip, Kelly?
0: <laughs> what did I say?
2: You said Tramp.
0: Tramp. Okay, sure. (laughs) No, if you read the actual accounts of what happened with Roethlisberger and those two different women, two different cases, they're very disturbing. Not far from being similar to what happened with Jameis Winston. If you have money and you have the ability, the resources to get good attorneys, a lot of times you can overcome rape charges. And and it's very discouraging um, about the state of, of, of anything that that can happen. But I don't think there's much legitimacy to anything out there denying that Roethlisberger was at fault for a couple different cases involving women. So that is that is disturbing. Uh, uh, Cincinnati, our man Brad Steen, who is now a producer at a radio station in Cincinnati. Uh, you remember Brad, don't you, Mike? Absolutely. Did, it, did you know that he was involved with the, the, the station in Cincinnati that um, – Put a warning out. The radio station, sports radio station, put a warning out to all the women of Cincinnati. Ben Roethlisberger's coming in town. Women, be sure to stay inside. Wow. And they got in wow. a little bit of trouble for that, but I like, I like at least the story there. Brad was very. Um, disappointed that they had to retract their statements and things like that. I believe the FCC or someone like that got involved, some of the regulating bodies. But Roethlisberger and, I mean, uh, Marcus brings up a good point, in my opinion, guys. This is football. This is a barbarian sport. Joey Porter, James Harrison, um, Vanel Hoffman, uh, any of these guys playing for the Steelers or the Bengals, especially on defense, they're not saints. I mean, they're they're wild animals, and, and, and I, I don't mean to say that in a, a derogatory way, but I mean J.J. Watt and Damacon Sue. If you play defense in the NFL, you you by nature are inherently very aggressive, and your job is to hurt people. So I I I, I agree with Marcus that the commentators painted the picture. It's easy to paint someone like Adam Jones or Vontaze Perfect as, as evil and to demonize them throughout a telecast of a game. Uh, I think they got a little carried away with it last night.
3: Well, and the bottom line is this. I mean, if you watched the NFL Network afterwards, Deion Sanders is convinced that Vontaze Perfect was trying to get out of the way of Antonio Brown and did exactly what the NFL tells you to do by get low and try to and try to put your shoulder out there, he's got to be in a position to make a play in case Antonio catches that ball. I mean, that's his job. That's his job, number one. If he tries to avoid the hit, and Antonio catches that ball, and he's going to the house, we've got a whole other discussion going on today. No question. And then Joey Porter's got no business on the field. I mean, there's, there's no question that if an offensive guy is hurt, the linebacker coach does not need to be on the field checking on him.
0: No, it's not within the rules, though, as, as they pointed out afterwards, that he can't be. He's allowed to be on the field to check on him. I, but he's, I, not,
3: he's He's around four or five Bengals guys starting at the pot, I not know, checking on his guy.
0: There's no question about it. I mean, six, seven years ago, I mean, this rivalry has been heated for a long time, and Joey Porter was at the center of many of those battles. Levi Jones and, and Joey Porter ran into each other in the offseason, you know, seven years ago or something like that, in Vegas and had a physical confrontation. So Joey Porter has a long history of, of animosity with this Bengals team.
2: And I think too it's although it's like it is football, we talked about we've talked about that before. But at the same time like people are like, well they're they're picking on Barfick, but he also has kind of put himself in the in the spotlight for doing things that are inappropriate. So Although, is it fair for them to pick on him and zero in on him? No, but at the same time, he's kind of put himself in this position. So it's like, do you feel sorry for him? Not really. My, my other comment or question is, have you all seen uh, Concussion yet?
3: I have not, no. I
0: haven't seen it yet either. And, and, you know, that's a great opportunity to implement what I've discussed before, guys. Ashley, sounds like you've seen Concussion. Mike, what if you and I watch Concussion this week and next next week – the three of us do a review on it. I don't mind that's us talking to, to the
3: theater. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to the theater. Okay, so let's oh wait. Oh, my gosh. Let's I wait. To-
2: <laughs> Even older people go to the, to the theater. You can see it.
3: I the all the time. There's just certain movies I'm going to watch in the theater, and there's certain movies I'm going to watch when they come. Well,
2: I'll tell you that that's a great movie. Yeah, and, please do, actually. Um, very... Let's just
0: implement movie reviews into the show one way or another. Ashley, please tell us about Concussion.
2: So, essentially, um, and – what's interesting is the Steelers were kind of the um, center of the movie and one of their uh, great centers who kind of went crazy and was living in a, in his car and inhaling paint thinner and all kinds of stuff ended up killing himself. But they ended up doing a lot of, um, in his autopsy research of his brain and realized that, His brain on the outside looked like it was perfectly intact, but the inside, it was horribly messed up. And a lot of it was because um, of all of the hits and jolting and jostling from playing football for all of those years. And they're talking about, which was all medically accurate from my perspective, how your brain is not attached to your skull. Like we weren't designed to do this and be hit at such force. And when you get hit, your brain basically sloshes around and gets beat up on the inside and you talk about why these guys have these like fits of anger and they do stuff that's uncontrollably like during the game and after the game. And, um, it shows like a lot of the guys lives and how like their families were scared of them, how it ruined their lives because they couldn't control themselves. And it wasn't because they were just crazy or they had anger problems or attitude problems, which a lot of the, you know, owners and doctors were trying to To just chalk it up as it was because they were being literally brain damaged by every single hit that they've taken in football. And they literally at the end basically are saying like 28% of anybody who plays football will end up with some sort of severe brain damage. So as a future mother, my kids aren't playing football, period. Like it's not happening. Because it's not worth it. And so it's like, it also makes you question while we as fans look at the sport and like, oh, it's barbaric. Do we really care about these guys? Because they're killing themselves every single day. Like, and that's, it's not acceptable to me. So like, although I like you know, I will be the first to say that I like seeing guys hit hard and all of that. But then when you start to think about like the human being, it gets harder to watch and it starts to make a lot more sense when these dudes do things that nobody can understand. Like we can't be so quick to just chalk it up to, oh, he's got anger problems or something's wrong with him. There's probably something wrong, but it's probably because he's been hit a little bit too many times.
3: Well, and I mean, I think that's, that's the fine line right there, because we have these violent collisions in football. But I guess what I'm trying to say is you have got to be consistent. I don't see how Vontez Burphy trying to make a play and how um, the hit on Giovanni Bernard, um, you know, just because basically one was able to make a catch and one was not able to make a catch, how they're any different? So let's let's figure out a way that at least makes these somewhat um, consistent of plays so that you know, guys can go out there and make the, the proper play. Because I, I kind of agree with, with uh, Deion Sanders. To me, Vontez Burfitt was doing what, he, what his initial job was. And, and that was to make a football play. And because of the way that Antonio Brown missed the football and kind of fell out of the catch, his head just happened to be there. I, I don't see how, you know, you're, those, those contacts are going to happen at some time in football. And I do agree with Ashley from the standpoint where you're going to have a lot of people, you know, decide not to allow their kids to play football. And I, I think the NFL from that standpoint could be in a little bit of trouble from a talent standpoint of, uh, of kids making the decision that, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't really want that. Like, you know, I've, I've talked before. There's a kid who goes to school with my kids, whose uncle played 11 years in the NFL and his dad um, he, he would obviously be a good football player, and his dad will n- not let him play football.
0: You know, I, I, I don't think that that's changing much of anything, to be honest with you. And what I mean by that is this. Wealthy people, upper echelon as far as income people, are not normally the ones who produce children who go on. I mean, you got the Matthews and things like that, families who are in it, the, the Mannings, obviously, things like that, David Carr and his brother Derek Carr. So there's families that – that have football talent, and that happens. But the wealthiest people of our country are not the ones who normally produce the most talented uh, football players out there. For example, and I'm going to be controversial with this, but Will Smith stars in Concussion. We don't have to worry about his son playing football. Instead of playing football, his son, Jaden Smith, has actually been named as, have you guys heard of this, the face of the Louis Vuitton women's collection. For, for 2016, he's actually been photographed recently wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. So I
2: don't think so here's a, here's people the, like that a are statistic. not going to have
0: their kids play football anyways. It's the lower income people who provide the talent normally. That's just uh, reality. Out, What's up?
2: They also said in the movie, it only takes 10% of America's mothers or parents to say, I'm not letting my kids play football. And it kills the NFL over time. So, and you look, 10% is not a big number.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, if you're a parent and you want your, your child to be as safe as possible, try to avoid them getting into football, try to avoid them being a boxer or an MMA fighter, or you, you have to, it gets down to the specifics of, you know, being an accountant is physically safer than being a welder. Um, There are all sorts of decisions that come into it. I think when people make the decision to get into certain fields, they sign up for that, and and I I don't think it's going to completely go away. Will it be altered? Yes. Um, Has boxing changed Uh, as certain cultures? You know, we saw the Irish 100 years ago, who when they were the poorest, they produced the best talent. That's went away because Irish are now, at least in our country, for the most part, not of the poorest group, So that's changed. So I think we'll see a similar thing with football, but do I think it'll go away entirely? No, I don't think that the wealth uh, distribution in our country is going to entirely change so there's no longer poor people. I think that poor people will continue to feed the NFL. That's controversial as it may be. I think that's just reality.
3: Let's get back real quick to the game. So as a Bengals fan, Kelly, would you have preferred that Vontez Burfig not even intercept that Landry Jones pass? I mean, in hindsight, sure. Well,
0: I don't know because they may have went down and, and um, scored.
3: They could have. I mean, but Landry Jones on the field. I don't even an injured Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger coming back in that last drive was similar to like the the seventy Knicks when Frazier comes out of the tunnel and and camp and you know just that that his presence I felt made him made it feel like, you know, okay, we've got a chance to win this game. He's, he's done it just as much as any quarterback in the NFL and the playoffs, leading his team to a fourth-quarter victory.
0: Oh, Roethlisberger is great. As much as crap as Marcus and I talked about him, about his, his uh, sexual assault history, um, that guy's tough as nails. If you want to win a game, he's a hell of a guy to have on your team.
3: He's, then you his- got the situation where should have the Bengals – The Bengals were in what you would normally do with the Ben Roethlisberger out there, and they were giving great cushions. They were trying to keep everything underneath, letting them dink and dunk, which was working, really, because if you don't have the 30 yards of penalties, they're not in field goal range. Really, the 15 yards of penalties, the the first penalty put them in field goal range. I think that kid, I don't think, I think Pac-Man's penalty was fairly insignificant from the standpoint that that kid looked like he was going to knock. That kicker for the Steelers was so just confident the way he lined up and the really one thing that's not being mentioned either Marvin Lewis kind of wasting his last time out and with the inability to even ice that kid um the, he just stepped on the field and knocked it through he's 4 for 4 in the game and he looked and he was nothing was really even close i i, I think that um Should should uh, the Bengals have pushed up on the receivers a little bit and seen if Ben can throw the ball deep? Because I don't think he could have. Sure. He
2: said he couldn't in the the post-game press conference. He said that he couldn't throw it long. He was hurt. He wouldn't answer the question about whether or not he'd be available in the next game, so that'll be interesting to watch too.
0: Now, the Bengals. At the end of the day, we can analyze this and that. Should Should Vontae Perfect have followed um, the receiver uh, Antonio Brown? I think what he was trying to do was apologize, and, and he got pushed off. One of the coaches uh, just pushed Vontae Perfect off. Uh, you know, initiating a confrontation. Whereas, in my opinion, I do believe Vontae Perfect was not trying to hurt him. Um, was it illegal? Maybe. But I I think he was trying to apologize. I think there was a lot of confusion on the field. So we can analyze all that. At the end of the day, the Bengals lost three fumbles. The Steelers lost one. Uh, The Steelers won the battle of the turnovers. Yep. And that usually wins the game. I mean... 90% of the time, I think the stat is, in the playoffs, the team that wins the turnover battle wins the game.
3: So Jeremy Hill's... Jeremy Hill's fumble at the end of the game kind of was, in some ways, summed up his season, okay? Because he did not have the season, I think, that the Bengals thought he would have. Although the Bengals repeatedly went to him, kept on giving him his chance, you know? Uh, kept on trying to have that balance between Geo and Jeremy Hill. Um, and then last night, I guess, when Gio got kind of knocked out, you know, they had to go with Jeremy Hill. They had no choice. What what's the future? What's the future? Do you think of Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati? Um, I think and, he, he's talented.
0: But, I, I'll take him. I, I want him around. Uh, you know, as long as the price tag warrants it. I think continuity in the NFL is everything. And I think this Bengals roster has a ton of talent yeah. on it. Um, for whatever reason, they don't have a coach that completely controls them. I think, in a way, they're trying to rebuild. And I know this is going to ruffle the feathers of Bengals fans. But that Ray Lewis uh, Super Bowl team that Marvin Lewis was the defensive coordinator for, they've got a bunch of wild men on defense, and they're trying to recreate that in this modern era. Um, I just don't think that they have the, maybe the head coach. Lewis possibly would be better served as the defensive coordinator. But regardless, they need somebody who's going to come in and just make sure that it's all at least directed in the correct smart football move type of of direction. I I don't think Vontaze Perfect has the football smarts as Ray Lewis did.
3: I think Ray Lewis. We We got a caller on the uh, Oxmoor uh, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz. Ron, the insider, is joining us right now. Oh, do we? Hey, good morning, everybody. Ashley, how are
1: you doing? We missed you, honey. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Good, doing good. Mike, good morning. How are you, brother?
3: I'm doing great. I mean, it's kind of weird that we've spent a half hour talking football to start the show, but uh, I definitely think it's warranted
1: especially
2: oh man, in I'll the basketball
1: season it's not like us yeah but i can't shake that bengal's loss, guys i love listening to i love the input ashley was giving on the concussions deal there'll be some new concussions from last night that was i it sounded to me like the announcers i've never heard jim nance so scared the sideline reporter i mean they acted like that was just about the most uh, nastiest stadium i mean it sounded very scary at paul brown yesterday
3: yeah, I mean, they they don't need to be throwing stuff at Roethlisberger. who's being carted off. I don't think that's right. And I'm sure there's a lot of pent up emotion, obviously, in that stadium when it when you you look like you're going to get the playoff win over your biggest rival, and things go the way they go, uh, you know. Uh, but it, it is unfortunate that. And of course, you're talking about at that time it was we were we were at eleven eleven thirty midnight. Everyone, I'm sure, was very well lubricated. uh, That was in that cold. If you're going to be out there in the cold and the rain, you're going to be pretty well lubricated. So,
1: yeah, I was pretty well lubricated in front of my TV. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I tell you, Mike, let's start, let's change subjects, and let's heat it up quick. What about my opinion? The double standard. Kentucky has uh, admits to a level two violation with Drake. And I don't see it anywhere on the CJ. I'm not saying it's as big as the scandal, but it's got to be reported. I think that's the second rules violation Kentucky self-reported. And I don't hear anyone even mentioning it.
3: Uh, you know, I, you, you say that and I don't even know anything about it. So I am- Yeah, me
1: either. Can you tell us more? Yes, Kentucky uh, had to report. There's a picture of Uless, uh with Drake at one of his concerts last year, which is a strict violation uh, it's the second one that's been reported, but Kentucky had to self-report it yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's not going to put anyone on probation. It's not going to cost any scholarships, but it's, it's, it's a very fairly serious rules violation. And it's the second one involving Drake. And, uh, and, and my point is, it's nowhere. And it's yep. nowhere. And uh, that, I, that's a clear double standard. The CJ has nothing on
3: it. Well you definitely have to I mean things like that you have to you have to viol- I mean you definitely have to report on. I mean there's no you're exactly right. I mean things like that have to be uh reported. And I guess you're so I'm guessing Drake gave Tyler Ulysses like backseat back uh yeah passes. passes or something like that.
1: Yep. Yep. And it's the second one with Drake. Um the other one I actually I, I wanted to get your comments. I don't know if you saw the comments which has been my stance all along but Tony Hicks the fifth year guy signed in with uh the uh, Louisville this week and they interviewed him and they said, Hey, are you worried about, you know, Louisville going on probation? or Are you worried about not getting a play? And he said, no, he's been reassured by, by Patino that not much is going to come out of this thing. And the worst case scenario, the very worst, that maybe they could lose a couple scholarships, but the absolute worst case scenario would maybe some type of a postseason ban, not this year, but next year. And he said he was all right with that, but that they didn't expect that at all. And, uh, so uh, I thought that was very telling. This is what the yeah. guy's telling everyone.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I would assume that if if coach is saying that he knows he knows more than anybody else. So I um, think it's definitely very telling. I'm interested. Does, to does see. he know more
3: than anybody else, or is he kind of like living like pie in the sky? Like,
2: no, I think he knows more than anybody else. And you, of all people, probably want to be one of the first ones to apologize when it all comes out because I think you. <laughs> Went so hard at Louisville when this first happened. Like, oh, this person has to go, this person has to go before we had any facts. So, I think that's not exactly what I said. I
3: said, if it's no, we can
2: pull the tape because you said said,
3: if it's found to be true, I've never said that you know that
2: it was true, that had to be true. There was too much information, blah 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 blah. Patino had to go because he was the one at the top. So, let's backtrack and say, okay, I jumped the gun. We still don't know. I, I, I don't
3: think, think I jumped the gun because I actually think it's going to be found if that was true. So. so, you
2: still think Mike, and, and, and in fairness to
1: Mike, Mike's not alone. I mean, all, all the media in Louisville and national media feel the same way. But I just want to really reiterate this. So, you, you still think Patino's going to be gone from this thing?
3: I, I think there's a really solid chance, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's This the, year. Well, you and not I have not our sure. bet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ashley, did you hear bet. about
1: this? No. Mike and I, last week, we were on the record of making a bet uh, that uh, that Patino, my argument is Patino's not going anywhere. And uh, he's not going anywhere this year. He's not going anywhere next year. Uh, he'll go when he wants to go, and it will not have to do with this scandal. And And Mike and I have got a bet that he's gone. I think, what, Mike, by next this time next year?
3: Uh, well, Derby, what did we say, Derby in 2017? Yeah. That's where yep. we'll have lunch. Yep. On one of us. So Yep. Uh, yeah. you know. I like it. I'm on your side. But yeah, uh, He's not going anywhere. You know, I think the big difference between the Kentucky Drake violation and anything else is that Kentucky was the one who self-reported it.
1: No question. I'm not comparing it and putting it in, in, in the same thing. My thing is, it's a news item. My yes, God, it's a news it item. Is. And You're it's not Henry, right. You don't even know about it. I mean, yeah. it's a news item. It, they were the only one, I think, in the, in the last month or so to self-report something. I mean, it's a, it should be a local news item. And it's nowhere. And it was, it was done yesterday. So, I mean, I just find that to be a double standard. I
3: would totally agree with that on, on, that, on that standpoint that it should be in the newspaper. So,
0: but What does Congrats. that tell us? What does that tell us? Is it that the, the Courier-Journal uh, does not cover Kentucky violations? They only cover Louisville violations, Mike?
3: Uh, I don't think that's the – I don't know if that's the case or not. I, I mean, I don't know if this, if, it's seen, if this is just seen as such a small blip on the radar – um, or what? But, I mean, I, Brian's right. If it's something that like was self-reported by Kentucky um, and it's a secondary violation, it definitely needs to at least be, in, be mentioned. I mean, there's yeah. a question.
1: And it's not. It's not. And i tell you, uh, I think really this all sums, comes down to the absolute infatuation and hatred that uh, the, the, the local media, the U.K. fans, and the national media have for Rick Petino. I mean, Rick Pitino, Pitino, my goodness. I love I, him, but, uh, but he's not very well liked.
3: And I'm not going to go that far. still, so, because, you know. You, you do respect him, though.
0: You said that was it not for him after the Eddie, Eddie Sutton oh, fiasco?
3: Yeah, I told you, I mean, straight up, that's what I said. I mean, I, I'm, I am not this Kentucky fan that is not grateful for what Rick Bettino did for the University of Kentucky. And I don't think Kentucky's where they are right now. If it's not for Rick Pitino, so and um, and
0: as Ashley said, you probably owe not only Rick Patino, but each of us all an apology. Are you ready to do that? No,
3: it's because it's not over yet. It's
1: not over. That's fair. I mean, it's uh, we still got to see how it plays out. But you know, there were a lot of Kentucky fans saying that Dr. Ramsey would be gone by 2016. He, in my opinion, he's not going anywhere either. Well, and if I, that has
3: anything to do with anything, though, that would be the. That would be oh. based off the university's issues as a whole, more than just the athletic issues. So. No,
1: but they're all being lumped together in the media. This women, Ashley, you want to talk on the women issue that Kentucky supposedly Louisville has now? How they mistreat women because Petrino had an affair while he was at Arkansas. He's now involved. Uh, I yeah, mean, how Petrino gets dragged into it is amazing to me.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's just people looking for something to talk about. And also trying to turn a blind eye to the issues at their university. Like every big university has some sort of issue. I mean, it's impossible not to because there's too many people to manage. Now, as far as, oh, women, student, female students aren't safe at U of L, like that's absolutely crazy. And it's disgusting that people would even take it to that level. Yeah, how do we and know? I've seen like several students that have like responded to the media and open letters um saying the same thing that they were just really disgusted at the fact that they even tried to take it to that point so i think it's just it's gone too far
1: does anybody think when ulis is back there's not some strippers hanging around there or there's not some uh uh i mean who knows what's going on there he looks to me like he's stoned in the picture uh so uh i think there's uh some weed going on maybe a little uh maybe a little entertainment activities going on i think we should dive deeper into that okay
3: <laughs> Go ahead. I agree I, I, with you. I have a feeling, though, that Drake and Ulis, uh because of Drake's re- relationship with the Kentucky players, doesn't necessarily mean that a, a UK staffer uh, initiated the whole thing. So that's a good point. That's fair. That's fair.
1: So what? The, what about Kansas City, Mike? Eleven straight, and nobody's even talking about them. Well,
3: I mean, just that's that's crazy. I mean, first off, I think it's because the game had was never in doubt. There was no real Storyline to go with the game. Everyone knew that the Texans really weren't a playoff team in the first place. Uh, they just were in a terrible division. Uh, the bigger story to me is that you know both both division winners get upset by both wildcard teams, um, uh, which is not a surprise. Again, the Kansas City thing. You know, Kansas, Kansas City is dangerous. You know? Yeah. no one would be surprised. I think that they won next week.
1: Mike, one. Let me ask you another question. Getting back to basketball, I know we're all over the place. Four minutes yesterday for uh, Scow. I guess that's how you say his name. I mean, what has? I mean, this is an unbelievable story. I mean, and now Cal's obviously lost complete confidence in him if he puts him in four minutes. What's going on
3: there? Uh, You know, the bigger concern for me is like, why have we not seen Ty Wingard yet, and at least gotten a a look at him at some point? Just because um, there's obviously a whole in the middle, and I and I've talked about this ever since the summer. You, can, you know, we can go back. You have no, we'll you have, have. you but have. There's, there's going to be this hole in the middle, and then when you take the hole in the middle, and you don't have the length guard positions that you've had, you have to change the way you play defense. You know, I mean, there's a it's a huge there's a huge difference, and this hole in the middle could be Ty Winyard, who is you know by all accounts. You know, fairly talented. I mean, I've never seen the kid play He's from New Zealand and all this other stuff, but it's like if we're in these situations in these games where we can steal four minutes at the end of the game, knowing that you are probably going to need him to make a tournament run, why are we not even letting him, you know, letting him get a couple minutes at the end of ballgames that are, that are not in doubt? And that could have gone, you know, you're getting blown out by LHU, put in Ty Winner, see if it makes a difference. Or you're beating Alabama to death. Put in Ty Winyard to see if he makes a difference, or you know if he if what he how he changes things I, I just don't understand why we have not seen uh seen Ty Winyard come in at all in Trinity. I mean he's been there long enough. He had that whole week of Camp Cal where they're doing two and three days to get acclimated and be ready to go in and play.
2: Or get acclimated to what why? like well, they it's not like they run a consistent like offense. So that's the thing that confuses me is, like, if you're letting these guys, like, screen and roll and dribble, penetrate, and dish, like, anybody can do that.
3: You're, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, uh, Ashley. I mean, I think he coaches more than you think. I just don't think it's – I don't know if, uh, you know, like Bill Self, his offense is more about spacing and, and, and they did run a couple sets out of what they do. But it's more about looking what the defense gives you and, and taking advantage of that. I'm not going to sit here and say that Cal doesn't coach because I think he, like for example, I thought he coached a great game in the Louisville game. Um, I, I think that you're looking at a situation where what has Ty Winyard not shown? I guess that's the bigger issue. Is like, has he is he not is he not what he's advertised to be either? Because I would think that Cal is going to put the best players on the floor or are going to help him win, and it 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 disturbs me a little bit that Ty Winyard, who is a very Physical, imposing big man that could be that per- person in the middle of the lane. Maybe he's not what we thought he was going to be either. You know, I guess that was more of my point. I don't think this Kentucky team is very good, and I've been, I've been sad the whole time through. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mike, are you still there? Mike, still there? I am. Okay. Well, you know, we've got plenty to talk about this morning. I think that the issue comes down to this. Scal isn't even worthy of playing more than four minutes right now, according to Cal. Scal? So, so what, what is this Ty Winyard no, guy going to do?
3: What's that? He's no better than Derek Willis right now.
0: No, exactly. So I don't think this Ty Winyard guy needs to do that much to come in and contribute. Do you think someone like Jalen Johnson or any of the big guys for Louisville, if they were on the Kentucky
3: team, would they contribute? Yeah, I'd love to have Nani on that Kentucky what team What right about now. Jalen Johnson? Would you take him? I don't know. Jalen's tough for me because I still feel like he's got to
0: grow up a ton. Um, Brian mentioned how he was winking during his, his
3: uh, free throws. Did you see that? You know, I think Jalen is the kind of guy that has a ton of upside. and he's, But he gets in his own way a little bit too much. Uh, but, of course, Nanu. I mean, I, I think Nanu, what Kentucky fan wouldn't want to have Nanu out there right now, the way Nanu's playing, you know?
0: Oh, obviously Nanu.
3: Yeah.
2: Law
0: <laughs> What's that? Ashley,
2: well, you all know that I'm always overly critical of big men. Okay, and because that's I play power forward, so I see I see the game as a person in the middle, and I I mean, while earlier in the season, in one of my um, weekly roundups, I definitely crowned him as most improved player. But I'm still not impressed with him as a post player. Like, I think he rebounds great. He's very good at the rebound putback. But with his back to the basket, he's still very suspect. And I won't be, like, very excited about him until I feel like he's a legitimate... Like, he can post up, make a post move, power post move on a consistent basis and score. And not with that running skyhook. Like, he and Jalen Johnson both do that way too much for me.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess... My point on that though, Ashley, is who who in college basketball is that kind of post player? Because I think that has more to do with the the way that the post position has evolved since you and I. I don't
2: think that's I'm, evolution. I think it's a the well, way I'm, the I'm game with, has evolved in terms of coaches not teaching basic fundamentals.
3: Well I mean and college, they're allowing
2: sorry. people to excel off of their talent or athleticism and not teaching them, hey do a drop step power dribble into the middle and dunk on somebody like a lot of that is heart determination and a lot of it i think falls on those high school coaches middle school high school coaches that don't teach those basic footwork things. Like well, he shouldn't you shouldn't get to division one college and not know how to use your feet in the post. Like that's uh, crazy to me.
3: But colleges aren't using it either. I mean it's not uh, that's what I'm trying to well, say. Well,
2: how could you use it if none of the players know it? Like in if you're a coach, especially if you have a ton of new players, are you gonna spend time on individuals? Or are you gonna to try to figure out an offensive scheme that's gonna work? Like you're gonna spend majority of your time trying to figure out how to get these guys to play together and less time on individuals. Like that's summer workout stuff.
3: They all though, they all do individual stuff. So I mean I, I mean Rick talks about all the time about how he has to take a kid who um and, and basically correct everything they do, whether it's a guard or a forward or a center. I don't think the the post footwork side of things is that difficult. I think the game it's not
2: that difficult, which is the hard which is the crazy thing is that they don't do it. And like, I think, it's not hard at all. Like, if you do it, it, it's muscle memory. You just keep doing it over and over again, and a lot of it is trying to overpower your your uh, opposition. Like, we miss way too many layups around the basket from our big guys because they're too soft.
3: So you just like, kind of contradict yourself there. If it's not that difficult for coach, college coaches to put in there, then they should...
2: No, I'm saying they don't teach it. It's not difficult to teach, but they don't teach it. That's what I said. College
3: coaches do not. So they choose not to have that as part of their offense. And that's what I'm trying to say. We can't necessarily judge Nani on that point because...
2: He no. can. He's a post player. And if he, if he was a guard and he didn't, he couldn't cross the ball over or dribble with his left hand, I would still critique him that way. Even okay, if the coach doesn't run the offense to the left side, I still think he should be able to dribble with his left hand because yeah. he's a guard. You know, Shaq,
0: like, Shaq deserved criticism for some holes in his game. DeAndre Jordan certainly has holes in his game. There are guys out there who impact the game in large part because of their physical stature and their uh, freakish... Athletic abilities that aren't necessarily skilled like Gorgie Jang or David Padgett. I know you love both those guys, Ashley. Those are so my two
2: favorites of I, all time.
0: I know, and they could both pass and they could both shoot. They could both hit free throws and everything like that. So um, yeah, Nanu is not that. Hell, he has to shoot underhand free throws. And then he still shoots fifty percent. So he, he's, know, he's not, not he's I'm not, not Gorgie Jang.
2: But I'm not knocking him and saying that he's not good at all. Like, he's definitely the best big guy we have and the most consistent big guy we have. What I'm saying is there's so much hype around him, and he's not there yet. So calm down.
3: We got Brian back with us, by the way. Um, I just wanted to say, though, I don't think that is necessarily his issue. I'm still waiting.
2: It is his issue. He's the player. He has you to be also you to You let
3: me finish. You can let me finish. The God. bottom line is, if you watch college basketball, that is a college basketball. That is an NBA problem. We do not. Have is, no, it's a
2: player problem because you. It's your game. You have the choice to try to get better every single day, and None if that's you want to be dominant, you work
3: on it. it. Your team is not using that. That is not what just can means use about. it if you have it. Don't you think that if he developed Wait, that so part of his that game, that Pacino coach Pacino coach would coach. put
2: some isolations in for him? Absolutely. But if he doesn't have that element to his
3: game, he's not going to try to create it. That means Louisville season. can't coach post players. So that's what you're telling me is that Louisville cannot coach post players. No,
2: I'm saying that the and nation, nationally, most post players, most players, period, are getting off on talent and athleticism and are not being taught the fundamentals.
3: Okay. All right, I'm going to go back period. to this one more time because a lot well, of I
2: mean, and you can look; it's not a Louisville thing. I'm, like exactly look at Gal. Gal's Gow. big. He's long. He's not very good in the post. I'm trying like, to you know, at the, the end of the little day, little it's fundamental. You can <laughs> argue all you want to, but it's fundamentals.
3: But then that's what Louisville chooses not to put in part of his. It's team.
2: not Louisville, though. It's every team. Right. There's very few college basketball players right now that oh, are. Sound-
3: so you're just basically repeated the same thing I said. But I'm telling you right now that the way basketball is, is that they've gone away from having a back to the basket post player. If a team wanted to have a back to the basket post player, they are play
2: gone away from it because it doesn't exist. Like the players aren't learning that. They're not taking it. <laughs> the other thing is, when I was growing up, if you wanted to be good at something, you went outside and practiced it until you got good at it. You didn't wait for somebody, a coach, to teach a team. Now, if you don't take the initiative to elevate a part of your game, i.e., your free throws, your post moves, your crossover, your left hand dribble, who's fault is that? It's yours. It ultimately falls on you. Coaches definitely, I think, have some responsibility there to try to teach you and help elevate your game. But at the end of the day, if you go home and get on a video game and you don't practice... That's oh. on you. And but, no, the and, offense can't have a back-to-the-basket part of the, the game if none of the players know how to do it on a, and they can't do it consistently. But
3: they can be taught. Guys, that's all I'm guys. trying to say. Rick chooses not to teach them. Guys, sorry.
2: Okay. Sorry. So now it's Rick.
3: <laughs> Rick certainly knows know how no, to develop it's not, big guys. It's every coach out there, but I'm, that's the only thing that you can't seem to see pass. I'm trying to say college coaches in general, college systems tend not to want to use the back-to-the-basket player. If they want to no, – not they tend not the to the back-to-the-basket player. They They could teach that guy to do that and then they could, they do do individual instruction even during the season that they can get a guy who would be talented enough to do a back-to-basket. But that's not what— No, is, Mike.
2: The uh, problem is, with that is that majority of the coaching coaches see the game like you do. Like you just said, and you were talking about, oh, how great Nanu is. And a post player—how many post players are coaching right now that see the game as a post? You're, There's not you're, that you're many. Wrong. It's not that many. So I'm you're post- sitting here saying, "Oh, he's great and he's doing great," and then, in all reality, like his post game's not that strong. And it's okay; like he's still good. He's still doing a good job. He's getting some stuff done, but he can be better. Like I'm not even sure what the point of the argument was. When all I said was he his post game is not very strong. It's you guess, not that's, you guys, because that's
3: where basketball is right now. That's all I'm trying to say. And that you're try- and that's sad. Guys, that
2: mean, but and it doesn't mean that that's acceptable. Like yeah. that's called settling.
3: Guys, I'm going to
0: have to act as the moderator here. I know, um, thank God you guys aren't in the same room.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to head to post play, too. I mean, I'm disappointed that post play is gone from the game as well. That is like one of my biggest things. But I can't fault Nanu because that's a college basketball issue.
2: No, he's No, it's his issue cuz it's his game. Nanu is <laughs> an in, guys to be better, start, interrupt. Practicing.
0: Nanu is yeah. an impactful college basketball player, but I agree with so I agree with Mike. He's very impactful at the collegiate level. I also agree with Ashley that Nanu has some definitive holes in his game. The Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got a long-time Friend of the show on the line with us. We got our man, Brother Mac. How you doing this morning, Brother Mac? Doing
5: good. How you guys doing in there?
0: Doing great. We appreciate you calling in, getting in on the action this morning. What do you have for us?
5: Well, uh I was happy about the finish with the uh Kentucky game and disappointed with the Bengals and another disappointing season for the Bengals. What a catastrophe finish that was. Uh, I don't know where to start. You know, the officiating was bad throughout the whole entire game, but uh, for that uh, coach to be out on the field, I don't know. They lost control of that at the end. And uh, for the Steelers, uh linebacker coach, which his team wasn't even uh, – the offense was on the field. So what is that coach doing out there? Why is he yeah. out there? Why is he advocating? Another 15 yards for a I field with that. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree, brother. Mac. I mean, hey, I got a question for brother Mac. Going to, It's the Kentucky question. I know you're a, a UK fan. I love your Wildcats. What about the center? The the, the new, and I, I messed his name up. I guess it's a scowl. Uh, it, it, can he possibly go pro? Or I mean, the case no. of a guy that needs to come back and spend another year in Lexington. My God. He's, He's got to be projected
3: back- as a lottery pick by everybody.
1: I can't believe that, though.
3: I can't either. But you know what? The draft is we, so weak we, next year. We actually have juniors and seniors getting drafted. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, but that's, I mean, that's, I think, where you're at is that you're, you're putting him in a situation where the, the quality of the NBA draft next year is going to be so low once you get past, you know, three or four guys that they're going to take a chance on someone that they feel has this upside, which I don't I, see. No, I, don't I
1: don't see it. it. I don't see it. Brother, his
5: upside is a long way away. Let me tell you something. He is too weak. If he can't even compete in the NCAA, how in the world is he going to compete in the NBA? He is far from that. Four minutes he is, yesterday. Cal had this. Three, three, three years away minutes. from. He's three years away from playing in the NBA right now. He's nowhere no, close to it. I
1: agree. I think uh, I just can't hardly believe uh, that that. Uh, Cooler heads won't prevail as we get closer to the end of the year. But, uh, but
3: you, you, you know as well as I do that all those all those GMs are more scared about missing out on the next big thing than they are about making a mistake and in, in drafting them in the first place. I mean, this has been the problem with the NBA draft ever since, really, since Kobe and Kevin Garnett. Because Kobe and Kevin Garnett come around, and they were actually – Level headed making their decision that they were able to make that jump from the high schools to the pros. But then we start seeing all these kids try to make this jump, and you're so afraid to miss out on the next Kobe or Kevin Garnett that you take these kids who have no business if you really look deep into it. They're that Kobe and Kevin Garnett just happen to be with each other. You know, what I can't remember if they were the same year or one right after the other.
0: No, not the so same year, but close to each other.
3: Right, they were, that was a once-in-a-generation type thing that just was kind of weird where you had two guys like that and then yeah. you really didn't have another guy like that until LeBron. Well, Moses
0: Malone started it, but I agree with you both. Guys, I will continually refer to one Andre Drummond who was absolutely horrible at times yeah. for Connecticut and is now one of the best centers in the NBA. Brother Mac, we totally appreciate different. your call. Thank you so oh much.
1: Okay. Brother Mac, give us your one prediction on the UK, uh, U.K.'s final record and how the Cats are going to do for the rest of the year. Oh, I'd
5: say they're probably going to have probably maybe four to five more losses, and uh, they will probably maybe make it to the sweet six. I'm I'm going to go back. I think they're
3: going to have
5: around ten total. Hey, last time I called in here, I I, uh, wanted to see if y'all could give me your all's rankings, if y'all can go through for the top ten players that you all think of from the state of Kentucky, that played at Kentucky. 240, uh, 247 Sports is uh, posted. I know who Ashley's
1: going to go with.
2: I have my number one. Yeah.
5: Yes. yes.
1: He's <laughs> got to <laughs> be in the discussion for sure.
5: Uh, uh, 247 Sports posted, uh, the, uh, which was Allen, Ford, Paget, and Turpin. You wow. all fill in the first
3: five.
1: Oh, so it could be on Louisville, too. You're saying, I thought it was just UK, uh just UK. Just on UK. UK's roster.
3: It's just UK, guys. Right. And Padgett's not on. That's oh, correct. stop yeah. David Paget was from Nevada. Is, he, he, is, he said six or ten. He didn't go one through five. So, you know, one through five. You all you're fill going in one. Roster. Okay. We'll, we'll
0: try to fill Let's in one that. through five. Sorry to interrupt, guys. Brother Mac, we appreciate your call. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will address that. We've got an entire hour to do that. We're all up right. against a break here. Brother Mac, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much.
5: You all take go pack.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We are close to the 11 o'clock hour. Before we get to 11 o'clock, we're going to head back to the Buzzline. We got our man, the truth, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? All right, all right. Uh, something about the cats.
4: He he
3: just got beat down Tuesday. Yeah, they did. And uh, you know, I, you know, I. This team is not going to be a great road team. I, you know, I, I just don't see them um, having that. I think when you go conference play on the road, you've got to have a certain moxie about you that maybe. Really only Tyler, you might have, Alex Poitras has it on occasion, that I don't see where they're going to really, I mean, they're com, com, they're just not, that's why I feel like they're going to end up with 10 losses.
4: All right, I got something to say, and I want y'all to comment on this. I say this
1: is the best coaching job Tom Cree done at Indiana this year. Well, boy, I tell you what, the bar's not very high on that. <laughs> Uh-oh. I mean, come on. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, I agree with truth. That's a good – that's true. But, I mean, he has underachieved. Uh-oh. Yeah, no no question. Look, about, all, at, at, look at all, fast, look right? all the
4: players with talent lot. he's had James through there. Blackman. James Blackman's gone, everybody. But I want to tell Kentucky Wildcats fans uh, what the Ohio State. I know y'all up on the time. And I got one more question about the Pittsburgh coach being out on the field. Uh, he should have been flagged, but I blame the referees for that. they should have thrown these guys out of the ball game, and I blame Marvin Lewis a Cincinnati big O. He should he's in charge. he'll need that job if he can't handle these players
0: truth I, I don't I don't disagree with you. Had they started throwing players out. Um, even if they were Bengals players, I wouldn't have necessarily had a problem with it. I think you got to take control of the game. Marvin Lewis clearly did not have control of his team, and, and uh, as much as I hate to say it, that cost him the game. But, yeah, that was Bedlam last night. Got to be the most chaotic NFL game I've ever seen. True, thank you so much for the call. Before we let you go, you got anything else for us? All hey, right,
4: I got one more. What about Indiana got
0: a crew yesterday, uh
4: boy from New York, Green, Five, three star, next Yogi
0: fire Okay, great. Thank, say, uh, thank you so much, Truth. We'll get to that in the second hour. Have a great <laughs> rest of your weekend. Um, we're going to head to a break here. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned. Ashley, Brian, Mike, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports. Was stay tuned.
1: Don't change it. it was because of this Got work it ragin-
0: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Got an entire second hour of action-packed sports talk for you here on 1450 WXVW. Keep in mind, 1450 is the only locally owned sports radio station in the Louisville and Southern Indiana markets. Our man Dugan Ryan allows us the flexibility on the air to really talk about whatever we want to. We're not censored by anybody. We have affiliations with uh, Indiana University and the, the Indiana Pacers, so we cover uh, not only the Louisville and Kentucky rivalry, but sports up into the state of Indiana. But when it comes to the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry, what's great about our station is we're not affiliated directly with either of them, so we can call it like we see it. We don't have to suck up to either of the programs if there's a bias in the local media or there's a lack of coverage for any uh angle on that we like to bring that to your attention and discuss it here on the weekend sports buzz i'm joined as always by mike gandolfo and the lovely ashley miller we've got nfl to talk about we've got uh even more of the louisville and kentucky basketball to talk about this morning mike ashley what direction do we want to take the second half of the show this morning
3: There's so much to talk about i mean There's i know, so know ashley's got a loco cinco to, to do but i think we can skip it if think, we
2: need to. I feel like we have so much to talk about today. Like, I would almost rather take that 15 minutes to talk about...
3: The college football national championship coming up on Monday. I mean, we Yeah. Got, I, mean, I we, mean, we didn't even the talk ACC, about that. The SEC, so, ACC versus SEC on Monday for the national championship.
2: Yeah, so we've got that to talk about. We've got the two... There's two NFL games today, right?
3: Yeah, the Pats um, play at 4 o'clock. Um, and then the... Um, The Redskins and the um, and the Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater making his making his playoff debut at one o'clock on NBC. And so we've got to break down those two games and make predictions and uh, and talk about the playoffs going forward. So um, there's tons tons to talk about. What do you uh, college basketball? absolutely, because we had two epic games this year, this week in college basketball. That Kansas Oklahoma game on. Was it Monday or Tuesday that, that went to d- overtime? Double or triple overtime, wasn't it? Where you have an Oklahoma team that, to me, just put the, said that they were on the map, that they deserved to be in, one of the, in the college basketball league, to go on the road to Fog Allen. Even though I'm not sure how great this Kansas team is overall, I mean, I don't know how great any of these college basketball teams are overall. I think that's one thing we could pretty much all agree on. Um, and that's the only reason why I would even keep a team like Kentucky in the conversation, because it doesn't seem like there's a dominant, dominant team. Um, for them to go on the road in that environment, which might be one of the most hostile environments in college basketball, and to go to triple overtime and and Buddy Heil have 46 points. I mean, He's got to be up there with Ben Simmons for the player of the year in in college basketball.
0: Is is that right?
2: Is Ben Simmons
0: the only other candidate?
2: I'd say Ben Simmons is head and shoulders above everybody else.
3: I would agree with that too, by the way. What about the guy for...
0: Um, Duke, who scored all those points.
3: Are you talking about the freshman, Brandon Ingram? Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. You know, he was supposed to be a Derby Classic guy. And he, uh, so we had him all signed, sealed, and delivered. And then USA Basketball had an injury. And then they, so they brought him in to uh, replace their injured, injured player on the USA Basketball team. And uh, so... Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a long, but it, when you compare him and Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram very well might be the second pick in the draft. But there's such a difference between him and Ben Simmons. It's not even funny. Um, even though they're really not even in the same position. Did, it, uh, um, did LSU lose to Florida last night? I think they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah, it, I
2: missed the end.
0: Does, you, it, what those, does that tell us about, about Kentucky having lost to LSU? Or does it tell us anything other than it's difficult to win on the road?
3: I'll let it go first.
2: Okay. So I think, and a friend of mine, I had this conversation um, during that, that last game that Kentucky lost, like they, they are, it seems to be like right now that they're losing to decent teams on the road. Um, And there's always the, um, it's hard to travel and get your body feeling a certain type of way. I mean, the normal way you feel like when you just walk in the gym from your dorm, like that's, you, it's hard to replicate that when you've been in the air or on a bus or whatever. Um, so there's that element. Then you've got the fans element. It's just uncomfortable when you've got 20, 30, 40,000 people yelling at you. Um, but then I think it exposes Kentucky for the the type of team that they are. I don't, I never felt like they were that good of a team. I feel like they, they, I feel. I almost feel like they play to level of competition, which to me is a sign of a, A young team, team, an immature team mentally, um, not necessarily age, but mentally. And um, I think, and I think everybody agree, they get some help in Rupp Arena. So when they come outside of that bubble, um, they get exposed a little bit more. So I agree with you, Mike, in that I think that we're going to see more of that. Um, And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they fare in like the SEC tournament and then just, I mean, because all of those tournaments are essentially on the road. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pull that together before the middle of March.
3: Yeah, the SEC is going to be interesting to me because I believe it's back in Nashville this year. And so even though it's not on the road, you're going to have, you know, three-quarters of the, of the arena be filled with Kentucky fans. So it's going to have somewhat of a home feel. Um, and the only time that they've really played well this year away from Rupp Arena was beating Duke. In, in Chicago, which I thought they looked really, really good uh, in doing so. I think though we have got to be, uh, and I agree with Ashley. I think it's a combination of the two. But I mean, you look at you don't look any further than Arizona yesterday, who uh, lost on the road to a, a a decent USC team. I think a USC team that most people would say would be comparable to an LSU. I don't think uh, uh, there's you know that when you look at those two teams, it's probably pretty similar. And they've got a a senior big man in Caleb Tarzowski. They've got a senior point guard in Gabe York. So it's not necessarily, I don't want to put it all on the, uh, on the young and experience, although I think that does play into it. Uh, I think it is really hard to win conference games on the road, especially this year when there appears to be so much parity. And, and to give Louisville credit, I think that's what was impressive about their, their week this week. Uh, they had two games this week that they could have dropped, and I don't think anybody would have been surprised that they dropped them. And they still, they're able to take care of business. And uh, and find ways to win. And I, I think that's uh, um, and, and because of that, I feel like, uh, you know, they're doing Rick's doing a great job this year with this team uh, overall with that uh, and having them ready to play when you're seen across the country. That's not has not been the case.
2: So if if I were to ask you both right now, your prediction of who goes further in the tournament, Louisville, Kentucky, what do you say?
3: Uh see this year to me it depends so much on the draw. Without seeing the draw, I think it's hard to predict because I think the draw this year is going to have more to do with that than probably ever before. And uh especially with the ability of Kentucky potentially playing the regional in in the Yum Center. And um but also knowing <laughs> eventually Kentucky's going to have to face a team that's got a pretty decent um force on the inside you know if they if right now if they have to play anybody that's got a good uh presence in the middle it's going to be tough for them to compete so um i i think it's just tough to say without seeing a draw
2: kelly
0: well uh, I, I think Kentucky can make a run. I, I think that Cal has proven in years past with the Terrence Jones team, for example, that made and Brandon Knight made it to the yep. Final Four. He can coach a team up. I mean, he hasn't been around this long uh, for no reason at all. He, he's a good coach, and and there's no doubt about it. He's got talent. Hell, you could take a few of the best players off this Kentucky team and still have the talent to make a run, in my opinion. Uh, you just got to get them all playing together, and you got to they have to have. Somewhat defined roles. Uh, I mean, hell, Jamal Murray or, or Tyler Eulis, you have backcourt presence like that. Um, for years, everyone has said college basketball is a, a guard-driven sport. I mean, who's got a better backcourt than Kentucky? In uh, all seriousness, who
2: does? Well, they still Kelly, got to play
3: together. That's the problem.
2: Kelly, you didn't answer the question.
3: Okay, what's who's the question? Who's
2: going further? Who's going further in March? Louisville or Kentucky?
3: Louisville.
0: And I I'm I believe that. Mike, am I wrong?
3: I I could definitely see a situation where that happens. I mean, I don't think that's out of the question with
2: um Well, Kelly, you know he's not gonna just come out and say that.
3: You know, maybe I know. maybe
2: I'm, maybe we'll we'll reevaluate this at this time next month. We'll give it four more weeks and we'll take another poll, see what happens.
3: I don't think my position's gonna change though. I think it's gonna depend on where the how the draw shakes out. I mean I think that's the the reality of it is, and I think that, uh, um, I mean, did you not just hear me give Louisville tons of credit for what they've done this year?
2: You yeah, did. I mean, I did, but I, I still, even if you thought Louisville will go further, I don't think you'd say it until like March.
3: Well, uh, that's not true. I've always been pretty subjective about the whole thing. So,
2: yeah, okay.
3: Uh, by the way, Buddy Heald. <laughs>
2: subjective, yes.
3: Buddy Heald yesterday um, scored 31 points on top of his 46 point thing. Uh, the, you know, earlier in the week at Kansas. So I, that kid, Oklahoma to me might be as dangerous as they get, especially when you've got it's, – it's fun, I guess, this year from college basketball standpoint to see these juniors and seniors being the ones that are leading their teams. And like I said, we're going to see a lot of juniors and seniors uh, in this draft where before you wouldn't see a junior or senior drafted until you know, maybe the middle of the first round but we're going to see him drafted earlier this year, which is going to be good.
2: So let's um, real quick talk about the upcoming week for our local team. So obviously um, Louisville is about to play here shortly today, right? against Clemson at Clemson. And then Thursday we've got NC state who's now ranked um, at home nine o'clock or not NC state. I'm sorry. That was I'm last down, week. Uh, Yeah, that was last week. Um, Pittsburgh, who's now ranked um, at a nine o'clock home game on Thursday night, so we've got a big, a heavy week in the ACC. What's your prediction on that, Kelly?
0: I think today will be a big, a big test for for Louisville. Um, you know, Clemson. Anytime you have a, a conference game, I mean, with the experts are predicting what that 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 even Louisville will have five conference losses. I don't yeah. know if it'll come today against Clemson, but uh, you go on the road, uh, you put yourself out there. I think this Louisville team is playing very well right now. The front court depth that they have is something that that not many uh, not many teams can really contend with. Even when you're not playing guys like Anas Mahmoud or um, or uh, Matt Stockman, um, it, it's something that, that not many teams can really contend with.
2: Yeah, I, I think we um, – I wrote my roundup that I think we win both of these games. Um, <clears throat> I think I think they'll both be very close, and I think that'll be the case kind of going forward in the ACC because really none of the nights – there are no nights off.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that you're going to get a situation where they're going to be tested several times. I mean, I, you're going to have losses. But – you know, the, you're get, the next two games that are at home are going to be great opponents coming here. I think Florida State's a pretty good team, you know, with the, yeah. the capability of beating somebody. Um, and is that next weekend, right? Or no, yeah, that's
2: next week. It's
3: on the 20th. So, um, you know, Clemson and, and Pitt this week. Um,
0: I think, I think what's important for this Louisville game today is the continued development of a guy like Quentin Snyder. And when you, when you see him come on as a scorer, I think that changes the entire dynamic of this team. You have a couple backcourt guys. Not only do you have Trey Lewis, who can obviously shoot, you got Damian Lee, who can shoot, but if you have Quentin Snyder, who can come on, and not only does he have the good court vision, and he almost plays like a savvy veteran, even though he's just a sophomore already. I like I don't how know about that, Kelly? No, at I times
2: I like that. I like it.
3: NC State. I mean, he was awesome. Oh.
2: Yeah, one game in the season. I mean, yeah, I can't I'm not sold. And honestly, if I had a choice, he wouldn't even be in my starting lineup.
1: Really? Well he wasn't he wasn't in the starting lineup. He came off the bench last game. And let's not yeah. forget what Q did last year though. I mean, second half of last year, I don't think Louisville makes that deep run without Q playing i what he he didn't have a turnover in the ncaa tournament i i think uh, we're being a little tough on q i think he uh, i think he's a solid player i don't think he's donovan mitchell athletic and mitchell shouldn't sit for q but uh no. i did like seeing his uh his shooting was much better hey i i wanted to check real quick louisville's favored by six and a half here at clemson which is going to tip in about 40 minutes you guys think that's
3: a fair odds yeah i mean clemson's not very good right i mean they're they're still yeah. kind of the bottom of the level. They agency. beat
1: Alabama, and they beat they beat Syracuse, and they have beat uh, I believe they beat. Um, so uh, they're and Louisville only beat them by four at at the Yum Center last year. So I don't I think six and a half points is a lot of points.
3: Okay.
2: I think I think we'll get them by ten. Really, I would say ten plus. Yeah,
3: I would expect this to be a double digit win for Louisville today. Okay,
1: mm, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. What about Teddy? He's a three and a half point favorite, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Right now it's four and a half. Se- oh, no, I'm sorry. Seattle's favored by four and a half at Minnesota today. I like the Vikings
3: in the cold. Really, cold, cold. I mean, it's yeah. it's cold, cold, <laughs> cold, cold, cold. So
2: they said uh, this would be like the, one of the coldest games ever played in NFL history.
3: Wow. And but Teddy did it just a couple of weeks ago, and it was 13 degrees and all that other stuff. And I think he's just really starting to blossom and. Uh, and then you're seeing that because the, the better Teddy plays, the better AP plays, and the better AP plays, the better Teddy plays. And it's like uh, this this whole spiral of just, you know, of, of them making each other better. And I, I, I agree. I think I like the Vikings today.
0: No more Boy, Sean Lynch for the Seahawks, and that's significant.
3: Well, let's also pretend, remember the Seahawks have been very – well, especially early in the year, have been very inconsistent. I don't think this is the same Seahawks team that we've had. But
1: they've been very hot lately. Oh, boy. Nobody's been hotter except for the, the obviously Saches? Kansas City. Yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm, I'm liking Teddy, though. I'm going I'm to go with Teddy, and I hope he does well. So uh, I well, just.
1: Uh, anyway, he wins a playoff game at home. That, as we know as Bengal fans, or at least I'm a Bengals fan, that's, uh, that you can't ever take that for uh, granted. So this will really cement Teddy's building legacy if he can win a home playoff game today.
3: Yeah, and and a franchise that's you know really has struggled ever since Randall Cunningham to have that kind of consistent presence at quarterback that of a guy that can really play at an elite level. You know they've had good uh, quarterbacks, but no one who can really be.
0: They had uh, Brett Favre for a season.
3: <laughs> yeah, the the old and decrepit Brett Favre. The little gunslinger. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> not someone that they brought up through their system. And no, or, Teddy or, Teddy yeah.
0: is perfect, and I think the. Vikings uh, administration and their general manager needs to just really be uh, given the, all the credit in the world for taking someone like Teddy Bridgewater. How much do you think the Cleveland Browns wish they would have taken Teddy?
3: Tell me about it. Of course, not a lot. I'm sure that the, uh, Teddy's very happy that the Browns did not. I mean, he was in such a better situation going to. Well, let's not
1: forget the Bengals. He would have been starting last night. Uh, for an injured Dalton, he, the Bengals passed on him, too, and instead, in, I think in the second round, got A.J. McCarron. So uh, he would have been the starting quarterback last night for the Bengals if they had have selected him.
2: Yeah, I I still um, sometimes wish that the Bengals would have taken him.
1: Sure.
0: Um, I'm, I'm
2: all on board with that. That's totally selfish of me because it's a lot easier for me to go watch him play in person.
3: <laughs> By the way, too, I don't know if you all saw it, but there was a great piece on uh, Fox Sports Minnesota about the relationship with uh, with teddy b teddy and and Courtney, right so yeah. it's really something to go check out if you haven't seen it yet. yeah they're good friends they both wear the
0: same jersey numbers and they both live there in minnesota i wonder if Rick richard Petino ever gets in on that action and they all i i just envision a world where up in minnesota those three get together and they you know they maybe they play video games or they go make hot cocoa. yeah make hot cocoa go bowling i just hope they're all three really good friends
1: what about Green Bay and Washington, guys? Uh, it's a pick game now. Uh, it went from a one-point Washington favorite. Now Vegas right now has got it at a pick-em.
3: This is uh This, to me, is the most intriguing game of the day just because uh, Green Bay has struggled so much in the second half of the season. And then it seems like once Kirk Cousins became the starter at Washington, they've been a complete and total different team. And uh, the solid starter, I guess I should say, at Washington, where you, like, you knew where he was going to be the guy. And the way he's just kind of come along here lately. And uh, being on the road, um, I just don't know if Green Bay's been consistent enough on offense right now to make me think that they can win a playoff game on the road. I agree. I
1: agree. They, uh, they really don't look that well. And uh, I, Brett, I'm sorry, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's being sacked at an unprecedented rate. I mean, it's amazing how quick
3: he's went from being the best quarterback in the country to uh, really looking very average and you would you would have laughed. And, you know, two months ago if you would have said Green Bay is playing Washington. Oh yeah. Even uh, if it was in Washington, you would have said that give the Redskins any kind of chance, you would have you would have been laughed out of the building.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, you would have right. been surprised that the Redskins were even in the playoffs. I I, right. I think that this is one of the more under the radar stories out there. The job that Jay Gruden has done alongside Kirk Cousins, who's put up just ridiculous numbers as far as completion percentage and everything like that. Jay Gruden is really carving out a niche for himself as uh, uh, somebody who just makes quarterbacks um, into guys who can complete passes at an alarming rate. I mean, Andy Dalton uh, got started with his NFL success in large part due to Jay Gruden and his his uh, quarterback acumen. There's no question about it. That's his his niche. And, hey, I've got a question working. for
1: Ashley. Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what happens with Marvin Lewis? I mean, is there any accountability? And the two bad actors that have had all kind mm-hmm. of off the field issues, uh, Pac-Man and perfect I mean, what about Marvin? I mean, did, does uh, is anybody going to hold him accountable for that
2: show yeah. last
3: night? It's funny yeah, and- you all talk about keeping coaches accountable, by the way. But I'll go on to that, all right? <laughs>
2: Seriously, Mike. <laughs> um, I well, the shocking thing to me. Is that Marvin Lewis was the coach is still a coach period like I I've wondered because I know Kelly has talked about for multiple years how they can't win a playoff game and blah 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 but he's still there so I'm not I wouldn't say fire him because of that because I think he should have been gone a long time ago but um, I definitely think there has to be some accountability on. Um, on the, everybody. Yeah, I think he has to be able to control his players. If he can't, then he has to go. But, you can't, but we all
1: know he's not. We know Mike Brown. Yeah. We, know the family, we know the history. Nothing's going to happen. Like I said, he didn't even address it in his post game remarks. He didn't even address the, the, the two penalties that cost them the playoff win and negated a great comeback by AJ and the Bengals. Uh, you know, it's just frustrating as a Bengal fan to know that uh, he's just got an unlimited reign. I guess it's like he's a king and he gets to stay there until, until he dies. King John Marvin, we'll call him. Yeah,
3: I don't hey, know about that. Real quick, uh, you'll find this interesting, um, Brian. The uh, NBADraft.net, which we have uh, our man Wes on every once in a while talking about the draft status of these guys, has just updated their, um, their mock draft for 2016 just uh, two days ago. And Scal is not drafted, oh really, in either round yep well, and that's they- just
2: a change from a week ago, right? because yeah. I think last week they were talking about him still being a top pick
3: and then these guys these guys you know talk to these NBA GMs all the time, and they kind of get their feel for where these guys are, so they are actually getting a sense, I guess that Scal might have dropped out, and uh, I guess the big thing there too is if you know Cal has to recruit based off who he thinks is going to be headed to the next level. And if, uh, if Scal stays and I don't see, I'm trying to see if I even see Briscoe on this list. If Scow and Briscoe come back, he's going to have scholarship issues. He does not have enough scholarships. And he's he's done a brilliant
1: job over the years. I've thought managing that staff, not knowing who's coming and who's going. Uh, Briscoe can't go anywhere either. When you're shooting 30% from the foul line, that's not going to work in the NBA. So he definitely has got a lot of talent. And it's no it's no condemnation if somebody has a true freshman can't go on to the NBA so I mean uh, but he but in my opinion, where do they have Nanu on that list I, I would expect his his stock is rising I, I've been very impressed with his uh,
3: I do not see uh, I got Damian Lee for Louisville 56 oh wow okay. Nanu, uh, Nanu's
1: not before 56 huh?
0: That's well, I'm,
3: I'm going backwards and I don't, Nanu's not on there at all either Well Nanu very yeah. well
0: may come back Nanu love- needs to come back. Yeah, that'd be
1: great if he did, and work on his foul shooting.
3: Well, I he think the thing anywhere. with Donnie that we got to remember is that he's an under, he is he's not an NBA four, and so he at six nine, he might be undersized for what he can really do at the NBA level. So um, unless he can show more ball skills and and to be able to play the four spot.
1: No, Ashley's right. He needs to come back, which is which is great for Louisville. I mean, basically they lose Lee and uh, and no one else. Well, they'll lose uh, Trey Lewis, too, but they pick up another fifth-year guy. But uh, Louisville really looks good coming back. And how about Ray Spalding? I tell you what, his stock really looks
3: good to me. Yeah, which we, of course, if back in April, we all would have thought that, it, you know, we would have been shocked by the way he's playing, I think.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, he really impressed me last game.
3: He I looks he like physically...
0: Physically, I I know that I get laughed out of the building, Mike, and you're going to laugh at me. But looking at him from a distance, I mean, he's similar in size to Anthony Davis. I mean, he's a big guy with long, uh, you know, he's he's got a big wingspan. And when he's on, I mean, he plays really good. This guy can contribute. I wouldn't be surprised if after three or four years, this guy ends up playing in the NBA. Uh,
2: oh, I agree you all know I'm not sold and you know, I'm harder on the big guys But I think he plays when he wants to so until he's consistent like that. I'm not going to be on his bandwagon
1: You know, Patino says he's the best NBA talent on the team Does it I right don't now. doubt
2: it, but I don't think he shows it every game. It's like every other maybe or every three he's yeah, he actually Makes an impact and I don't think you make it in the NBA playing when you feel like it.
0: Yeah, no, keep, I agree Keep I agree. in mind. He's a freshman
2: So, even more, Donovan Mitchell's a freshman. He plays hard every single game.
0: True, but he doesn't necessarily always produce like uh, Spalding does. Mitchell didn't show up too too much yesterday or Thursday. He plays
2: hard. He's a a lockdown defender every single night. Like, there's no
0: I agree with you. I agree Donovan Mitchell brings the intensity and everything like that. But uh, going into the season, it wasn't off the table entirely that maybe Ray Spalding would be redshirted.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, and what he's done, I didn't buy into it either because he really wasn't that highly recruited until late in his senior year. And once again, as I commented on the 9 o'clock hour, Patino got lucky to get both Q and Snyder. I'm sorry, Q and Spalding, because he really didn't uh, actively go after either one of them initially.
3: Well, I think what happened, he did not go after Q, and and then they kind of, even they they had him committed, and so they kind of... Pushed him to the back burner a little bit and didn't pay attention to him after he committed so early. Uh, was it his junior year or something like that? Didn't and they then, get
0: Jaquan Lyle or something like that? Then, and then de- right. Q uh, decommitted? There was something like
3: that that went on. Q decommitted and committed actually committed to Illinois and was supposed to, up to the last second before signing day, yeah. it was, yeah. looked like he was going to sign with Illinois. And then uh, and then they Q kind of reached out to UL and said, hey, if you guys still want me, I really want to be a Cardinal. And, um, and then they worked it out and kind of got that last thing kind of happening. So going back to the, this mock draft just to let you know only one Kentucky player in the first round that's Jamal Murray at 11 uh according to this thing and and, and you know I think that would be um kind of goes along with everything we're saying. You know, I just feel like this team is probably not as as good as what How we, many guys does Kentucky have signed in the two th- next
1: year's class Mike? Uh
3: Winden Gabriel, Sasha Khalil Jones, uh Malik Monk Bam Adebayo, and I thought there was another guard. I think there's five or six. You're right. Five. I believe five. five. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who the other who the other guard is. Is Malik
0: Uh, Monk the guy who they got away from Arkansas? Yes. And that's
3: uh, Art Monk's relative. Oh, he may be. I I really do not know. Yeah, I
1: think you're right there, Kelly. What about a guy like Athletic Freak though? The 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 Bullitt County kid on Kentucky's roster. uh, Very close. Yeah, what's going to happen? I mean, that scholarship's probably going to get pulled in this kind of scenario, right?
3: No, absolutely not. I think he's playing – I mean, he's playing, you know what, like 10 to 12 minutes a game and really kind of contributing for them. I if, I don't
1: think he is. I I, I I haven't been impressed with him at all. I've seen I, him hit a couple threes with a very funky-looking shot. But He, he plays
0: I, minutes, though. He does he play. He does
1: play minutes, but, I mean, if you got five – McDonald All Americans coming in next year, and, and and
3: you're telling me Scows coming back. And I, don't think, uh, I don't think. I don't think. I Oh, De'Aaron Fox, by the way, is the other guy that they got coming. Yeah, That's a I mean, lot of players got, coming, uh, in. Yeah, coming in. They got five guys coming in. Three of them at the power forwards position, which you guess you could say is Derek Wilson's position. Um, I just don't know if uh, I couldn't see Cal pulling a scholarship from a senior who's a Kentucky kid that he recruited. What's he going to do? I, I don't know. I really do not know what's going to happen here because they're th- right now they're three spots over. Wow.
1: That's a lot. But that's, that-, that would
3: be like if Murray came back and Uless came back. But Eulis is coming back. I don't think – I mean, Uless is projected to be a second-round pick next year. So they could be two spots over, and, um, you know, I, I just don't know.
1: No, but I would say Willis. In my opinion, uh, I can't see. I know he's a Kentucky kid and all that stuff, but I don't. That when he's in the game, Kentucky looks very average, in my opinion.
3: I think uh, I think Kentucky's just very average, and they have to play him. I think that's what we're 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 really seeing here. And so, um, you think Kentucky's a
0: very average team?
3: I think by Kentucky standards, yes. I don't think this is a team's as bad as like Nerlens Noel's freshman year team. But this is definitely the second worst team that cows had. Yeah,
1: Derek Willis averaging twelve, what twelve minutes a game. Uh, he's getting five points a game, uh, shooting thirty-seven percent from three. And you know, boy, and he doesn't give you any kind of inside presence defensively or rebounding. Uh, he's I, I'm not saying
3: pretty good. Like he's he's been a fairly decent <laughs> shot blocker this year, uh, which he has not been in the past. Uh, And that's just for me watching. I don't know what the stat is and all that kind of
1: stuff. 0.3 blocks per game. (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, I'm just saying he's come up with some big blocks. Guys, I want to encourage our listeners.
0: We are here on 1450 WXVW. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. College basketball is what we're talking right now, and that's never out of season. We're on the heels of a Pittsburgh Steelers-Cincinnati Bengals um, absolutely chaotic playoff a wild card playoff round game yesterday. But what we're talking about is we're playing the hits. We're talking college basketball. We're going to head to the buzz line now. we got somebody who, who loves to talk college basketball with us on the line, our man Tyler. How are you doing this morning, Tyler? Hey, Tyler. Happy birthday. I'm doing Coach. great, guys. How are you all doing today?
3: Happy birthday, man.
0: Hey, Tyler.
6: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, quickly, just to I know we're talking basketball, and that's what I want to call it in for to talk about. But I just wanted to say this, Kelly, from our past battles on the show, I'm just still glad that my Cleveland Browns had the most recent playoff win over the Bengals. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow,
1: that's digging deep.
0: (laughs) Golly, that, that stings, Tyler. It stings. What do you think of the college basketball talk that we've got going on? In particular, Kentucky's problems they'll have next year with their roster spot availability.
6: First off, don't worry about next year, considering it's 2016. Next year's a whole other year. we still got half the basketball college season to go this year. Let's worry about what's here right in front of us. How about that? Okay,
0: go for it. What do you got? What's, what's, what's this Kentucky team going to do? Uh, well, I, you know, I know you all ended the conversation
6: a little bit with Derek Willis, and I, you know, I, I'll start it with him. Derek Willis is getting, yesterday, he got the most PT he's probably ever had in a Wildcat uniform, obviously. Um, his defense was Decent, yes, uh, his one-handed rebounding, his rebounding, his whatnot, um, but he just, he, he knows his role. I think he's just in there because Calpari is slowly starting to trust him and whatnot, and if you think about it, the past few games, he has knocked down a few big three-pointers, uh, barring last night's game, considering nobody was already scoring but a few of them, but other than that, he has hit a few big shots, um, but yeah, college basketball, Kelly. It's going to be a fun season. The way I see it, there is no true favor. I know Kansas is number one. You know, a lot of people talk North Carolina and whatnot. But, honestly, I think there's a 15, 20 teams that could go out there and make a Final Four run and uh, take the title home.
0: Okay. Tyler, we appreciate your call. Before we let you go, anything else you want to get in for us?
6: No, not, nothing much. I appreciate the call. Another great show you guys got going on. Go for always. to games today, Tyler. Yeah,
1: really
0: yeah. What, what are your picks? Do you think the Seahawks or Vikings will win before we let
6: you go? Well, if anybody doesn't die on the field due to negative twenty degree temperatures, I'm going to go ahead and say your boy Teddy Bridgewater gets your all's first playoff win as a Cardinal quarterback since I believe it was Johnny Unitas.
0: No, not, not Johnny Unitas. Um, Chris Redman didn't get one. No, not a playoff. Yeah, maybe Johnny Unitas. You may be right. It was Johnny Unitas, Kelly. Okay. You want to argue my Louisville Cardinal stats? I got stats. Okay. What
6: about John- the Eagles? Didn't get one with the J- with the Jets. Okay. What about? I'm going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets, and I'm going with the uh, Vikings in those two games.
0: So you're going? You're picking the Vikings, and you're picking the the Packers or the Redskins?
6: I'm going with the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers. They figured it out. They've got their uh, their let's see, their lineman back to block for Rodgers, who's been sacked multiple times. I'm going with Pack Pack.
0: Okay. Right, thank Tim, you very Tyler, much for the call, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Hold on.
3: How much is Al appreciate, it, guys.
1: guys? All right, we we lost Tyler like? there. Well, Happy birthday, Tyler. Clemson. Oh, great. Oh, I, yeah, that's – I don't know. That's a tough one there. What's that, a seven-point uh, – their seven-point favorite?
3: Uh, I think that's about a touchdown is what it is, yeah.
1: I don't know. Everybody – Clemson's kind of like Kansas City. Nobody wants to give them any respect, but they, all they've done is win every game they've uh, had in front of them. And the game they – you know, everybody loved Oklahoma. Uh, and, uh, boy, they put a ass-whooping on them. So uh,
3: Yeah, but I uh, don't know if anybody knows why they liked Oklahoma because you and I have talked about that before too. It's like – you know, if you lose to uh, if you lose to a team with a losing record, I don't know how much you yeah. need to be there in the first place. I agree.
1: That should have eliminated them from there. And I gotta be honest, I, I feel the same way about Oklahoma's basketball team. I know they got a stud player, but I am not sold on them being one, two or three. Once they start playing teams like Louisville and Kentucky and uh, some, of, some of these other teams, I think it's, they're going to fall off the cliff. So that just Kansas
3: like, loss didn't do any – that Kansas loss – I'm
1: not sold on Kansas at all. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not watching not Harvard. Yet, with you. When does Kentucky play then?
3: Uh, which, by the way, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that game either cause, just because it's at Gallon. Um It's January 30th, so it's coming up in just a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, that'll be an interesting game there, but I am not that sold. I think uh as Tyler said, it, it, it's just such a wide open year that uh, uh anybody uh could could really come out of nowhere. You know, what about Xavier? Xavier might have the most talented team going.
3: Yeah, I think they've uh they're looking really good. Of course, they had a, a loss not this week but maybe last week, but I, overall, they're I mean there's there's probably 10 to 20 teams that could make a run and I wouldn't be surprised by any of them. So Hey, did we
1: ever finish the, uh, the the brother Max question on the top five uh, Kentucky-born players that played for UK? Uh,
3: no, I guess not. We kind of left it there. Ashley,
1: Ashley, let's hear your five or at least a couple of them.
2: <laughs> I don't have. I only have one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> let's guess. Winston, Man- Winston, Oh Man-
2: uh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you got to put Winston in there, right? You Derek Winston, Anderson, right? number one two, three, four, and five. Mike, besides (laughs) Derek, do you have on that list? Well, I
3: would probably have to put Ralph Beard, um, number one. Uh, but in that conversation, I think you have to, now, if you're only looking at their, if you're only looking at their time at Kentucky, or if you're looking at them as a, as an overall player, you know, that's going to depend on how you look at someone like Ray John. Uh, you've got Derek, obviously he's got to be in the conversation. Winston Bennett's obviously got to be in the conversation. Um, I'm trying to think. Louis Dampier was not from Kentucky, was he? I'll no. bring it up right here. I don't. think uh, I don't think no so.
1: Believe he was. No. What about the? What about Kentucky-born players at Louisville? Of course, you start and you, number one's for sure. Daryl Griffith. Daryl Griffith. Wes Unseld. Uh, sure. uh, I mean, maybe. Ansel. Oh, no, I apologize. I apologize to Big West. Uh, yeah, that's a toss-up there. Uh, maybe even have to go with Wes. I don't know. That's a tough one. But the, you got some other real good ones that came through.
3: Who? Well, Charlie Tyree. I mean, I think yeah. look at the numbers that that guy put up. DeJuan Wheat? Like, he was undersized like no other at his position, and he was averaging twenty something rebounds a game, um, and was a top draft draft pick. You have to have Charlie Tyree in that conversation for Louisville as well. Um, I don't know. You know, DeJuan Wheat is definitely in that. To me, in that next lower tier, uh, in that in that second tier. I guess I shouldn't say lower tier because he is. Obviously, really, really good. Just
1: down there with Felton, big Felton. You got to mention him. He sure. had a nice career. Level.
3: Um And you know, you might see Q or Ray. Uh, yes. Yes. Eventually, get up to that point with those. Maybe
2: guys. I would say Ray before Q. Like he's not. I don't know. No. Ray. Actually, really, maybe. you don't like Q, do you? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: or, or Ray Spalding. You don't like either. I of the don't local like him guys. either.
2: I don't Who's like Ray like? either. But Who's I think you like on the team. On the team, who do I like? Uh, everybody else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do like, um, I think that, I don't, I think Q is slow. I think he's too too. He's too slow. Even with the weight he's lost, I don't think that he's very good on defense. And I think that hurts. Um, so I think if he's not scoring, he's a liability. So I do, I would like to see him step up and have more games like he did this week because we kind of, we need him to do that if he's going to be out there because it takes some of the pressure off of Lee and Lewis. I do like Damian Lee. I do like Trey Lewis a lot. I love Matt Stockman and Gronos um, mm-hmm. like Mahmood. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, obviously, Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorites. Um, and What about Galen? Jalen? Think- Jalen Johnson, I like because um, I see his potential. I do, I agree with Mike in that mentally he seems kind of immature. And I think that's holding him back because um, I think he has the skills, he has the footwork. I don't think he has the confidence. So I think that he definitely will be somebody to watch like over the next season or two. So I do like him. I actually do I like Ray Spaulding's game and the potential he has. I just think that he's lazy and I don't <laughs> I don't like him for that reason. So um, until he's consistent, I'm gonna give him a hard time. Um, Nanu, I still think he's the most improved player on the team, but like we argued about earlier, I think his post game is not very strong. Um, in well, terms he had of some post-
1: nice he had some nice spin move dunks. That, that, that I hadn't seen a center do for Louisville since Patino's been there. Uh, yeah, he it, needs to
2: keep doing that.
1: because He looks strong, and he's it's really consistency. bulked
2: up. Yeah, so he's definitely gotten better. I think he's got some more work to do. I'd like him to be more dominant than what he is, especially when he plays against guys as big as him. Um, he kind of disappears sometimes. So, he's um, got the
1: same problem Marcus Lee does, and that's they can't stay on the floor. Now, nani doing a little better lately. Uh, but the foul trouble, Marcus Lee, Mike, he can't st- – I mean, that guy is, is – he gets a foul coming off the bench to enter the game.
3: I get frustrated with him too because I feel like everyone talks about how much he's improved, and I'm like, eh, I don't really see it. So um – you know, he doesn't get many minutes. I mean, no. he, his, his foul trouble is limited, but he had a well, nice talking game yesterday. Scow getting four minutes. He had three fouls in that four minutes. Uh, that's part of the reason why Scow only had four minutes. So, wow. By the way, back to the Kentucky top five. Rex there, Chapman. Uh, Rex Chapman would have to get oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. two Kentucky players, one guy that we left off that's definitely got to be in the top five. Uh, two Kentucky players from the state of Kentucky that won national player of the year. Uh, Leroy Edwards from the, uh, from the 30s. Wow. But Jack Gibbons. Has to be. Oh,
2: yeah. You got to put this in.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jack Gibbons, without doubt. Dirk Minifield would have to be somewhere in the conversation.
2: What
1: about Big Melvin? What, was Melvin from. Uh,
3: Melvin Kentucky? Turpin? Well, he was mentioned in that list uh, six through 10. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he must have been. And, of course, he's kind of overshadowed just because he played with Bowie, I guess, a little bit too, right? Did he win a title? No. Well, that was the whole thing with that team, is that, you know, they were. Um, as talented and some would say it was some of these Kentucky teams the Cows had. And uh they with Bowie having his injury problems consistently and um they they never were able to kind of put it all together and win a title. The closest they got was uh the year I want to say it was eighty four. Brian, you might be able to um you might be able to correct me, but they basically had Georgetown beat in the final four and then they went on a historic cold streak where they were like two for thirty three in the second half and lost to Georgetown.
1: Yeah, and that's when I had one of my favorite players ever, Derek Anderson. Or not Derek. Uh, no, 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 no. Who was the guy from <laughs> Dayton, Ohio, that played for uh, uh, Dwight Anderson, the blur? Remember him? Yep. Oh, man. I think he was on that team there. But I got to tell you, my favorite cat, He, I know he's not from Kentucky, uh, is Dan Issel. I mean, and, and I think Anthony Davis is going to be a great pro and is a great pro, but he has not surpassed what
3: Dan Issel did both in the ABA and in the NBA? I mean, without a doubt, Dan Issel is one of the all-time greats. He's a Hall of Famer and, um, you know, and, one of those, and another guy who was unable to win a title at Kentucky despite being on some pretty good teams with Mike Pratt and, and those guys. So,
0: Man, when we start talking historical Kentucky basketball, talk about playing the hits. I mean, I just got two phone calls, um, just got guys who didn't want to be on the air but basically said the same thing. Two people called in right after each other. One of the most recent, Steve, wanted us to point out, don't forget Winston Bennett. Uh, we, did well, bri- yep. we did briefly we, mention him earlier, but still. Uh, it, it's really funny.
3: What's that? MVP of the McDonald's All-American game out of mail. Sure. yeah, Mr. Kentucky. Hey, Mike,
1: I pulled, I pulled up this 84 Kentucky team. Melvin Turf and average, fit, led the team at 15 a game. Kenny Skywalker had 12 a game. Sam Bowie averaged 10 a game. Jim Master had nine. Uh, Winston Bennett must have been. A freshman, uh, Yeah, freshman, 6'7", freshman, um, 210 pounds. Winston has certainly packed on the pounds if you've seen him on TV (laughs) since then. Selling insurance. Yeah, I love Winston. But uh, Melvin Turpin, rest in peace. Big Melvin died last year. Uh, But uh, 6'11", 240 senior that year, led the Wildcats 15.2 points a game. And what he get a, a rebound and uh, Didn't have his rebound percentage, but...
3: Uh, but so a team, though, like I said, was every bit as talented as any of the teams that Cows had since...
1: Yeah, uh, and look at this. I look at the, you know, uh, the foul shooting on the current Kentucky team, and I'm not just picking on the Cats. All the teams now don't shoot foul shots well, but look at the foul shooting percentage. Melvin Turpin, 75%. Kenny Walker, 73%. Sam Bowie, a 7-footer, 72%. Jim Master, 72 Uh Winston Bennett, 70 Boy, they don't shoot foul shots like that anymore.
0: That no. goes to the theory of, Ashley, what you were saying, is that they don't really teach big men um, the talent or the skills that they used to. You're right. Yeah, the fundamentals. Yeah, one of the things I love about Melvin Turpin, historically, is the, his nicknames. Dinner the- Bell... Dinner bell, Mel, and another good one was he wasn't Carl Malone, who was the mailman. He was dinner, dinner bell Melvin Turpin, um, who was also called the meal man. <laughs> hey, that uh, the, other guy? The, uh, the caller talked about, Kelly? Uh, both of them were for Winston Bennett. Both of them were for Winston Bennett. A guy okay. named Rick and uh, a guy named Steve both calling in for, for just saying they didn't want to be on the air, but don't forget about Winston Bennett. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Winston was a solid player and had a nice pro career.
0: Yeah, played. I, I, I'll never forget interviewing uh, Winston Bennett, him telling the story that he's told many times regarding Michael Jordan. Lenny Wilkins was his coach, assigned him to guard Michael Jordan. He had a good first half against uh, Jordan. I think he held him to eight points in the first half. And at, at halftime, he said to the, the all-time great Lenny Wilkins, he said, I'm doing a good job on him, aren't I? And <laughs> Lenny shook his head and said, hey, man, don't get aho- ahead of yourself. At the end of the game, Michael Jordan had 63 points.
1: <laughs> Great job, Wynn. Hey, twenty nine and five. That eighty three, eighty four Kentucky Wildcat team finished twenty nine and five, and they were fourteen and four. They won the SEC with a fourteen and four record. But I bet not many people would guess that Melvin Tur- Turpin was the leading scorer on that team when you got Kenny Walker and Sam Bowie on the roster.
3: A younger Kenny Walker though too. I think he was a sophomore maybe when that on that.
1: Yeah, he was a sophomore, but Bowie was a senior. And yeah. He was later famously the number one player taken in the next year's draft. And, and M-
3: Melvin first.
0: Turpin no, went two
1: player in the draft. First no, number was off, off, That's right, correct.
0: Melvin Turpin went number
1: six overall. City. So. Yeah. Should've. <clears throat> anyway. Hey
2: guys, before we get off, because um, we only have nine minutes left, we need to everyone needs to say their picks for a college football national championship, um, the two games today. And I guess, is that it?
3: Yeah, because we can't really pick the Saturday games for the NFL next week.
2: Because yeah, Because I don't think
3: was going to be in there yet. So, um, all right, well, let's go through it. Let's go real quick. We kind of talked about these a little bit. Let's start with the games today. Let's start with Minnesota and Seattle. Um, I was on record earlier, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to bring home the, the W, and Minnesota is going to win.
0: I'm
1: definitely I'm going, going with, with Teddy. Me too. Teddy for me.
0: I hate so? to say it. against my Bengals yesterday, and I, I, I was right. Today I'm picking the Seahawks to win, unfortunately. Um, Kelly. yeah I, I just I try to call it like I see it
3: and I'm uh, so
0: disappointed in you. Yeah. is
3: Russell Wilson that much better than Teddy Bridgewater no. i hate
1: to, I hate to say it, but at this point yes. he's very good I'll say he's that he is good. yeah, he's very talented and he's the sole reason they're still. Very competitive, but God, nobody wants to see them win. I, I, unless you live in that metropolitan Seattle area, I can't imagine you want to see them win.
3: Seattle, by the way, is a four-point favorite. Washington, is, and what I'm looking at, Brian, and you might have more updated uh, stats, but this is according to ESPN. Washington still lists as a one-point home favorite over the Packers. And I, uh, I'm i going to take the Redskins. Wow. The money's come in on the Packers
1: because uh, Vegas right now, if I wanted to place a bet right now, it's showing as a pick em game. So uh, there has been a lot of money coming in on the Packers. Tyler, I think, chose the Packers. I'm g- I've got to go with the Packers also.
2: Me too. I'm going with the Packers. I think um, they're going to be some redemption. They've got to redeem themselves.
3: Well, in some ways, I'm kind of cheering for the Packers today because it's my little guy's uh, ninth birthday, and he's a big Packers fan. So uh, because of Rocco, I'll uh, – I, I, I still think, though, the Redskins are going to win, but I'll probably be pulling for the Packers. Mike, did All you right, say so it's your son's birthday today? It is my son's birthday. Happy, wow. birthday. Happy birthday. Real quick, we usually have our UofL basketball caller, which we did not. UofL's playing Duke today at the Yum Center. Uh, that game starts here in about seven minutes or or maybe a 1 o'clock game. So, yeah, I think it's actually
1: – I think, yeah, it's uh, – and, they've, and the re, home return of uh, Rebecca Greenwell, Kentucky's Mrs. Basketball. Right. And uh, she's a Duke star now and turned the down both time back,
3: she got beat, yeah. She got beat in Lexington. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kentucky girls lost their first game but still having a great season so far, Mike, right? Right. Yeah,
3: it was kind of a disappointing loss. A game they On the road. Dropped, so.
1: On the road, though.
3: Um, Clemson uh, and Alabama. Clemson number one in the nation. Alabama number two. But Alabama is the six and a half point. Favorite in the national championship game. Um I i part of me wants to say that this is gonna be not that he's not respected, but this is gonna be Dabo's Dabo submitting himself as one of the top tier coaches in college football, <clears throat> even if they lose to Alabama. I'm gonna go with Alabama, but I'm gonna say they don't cover. What
1: I'm going was this, Fred? Six and a half. I'm going okay. with Clemson to win. Uh, n- no points involved. They've, won- they've come up to every challenge. I love their coach. I love the energy. And I think they've just got a special season going.
3: Do you think they've had a challenge like this, though?
1: No. No, no, I don't think so. But I don't think Alabama's had a challenge like this either. And they're playing a team that, what are they, won 14 or 15 games? And I know everybody wants to say their quarterback – it is no good, and they haven't played anyone. All they do is win, and they beat everyone in front of them. And Alabama can't stay, say that. They lost a game they should have never lost. It wasn't, it wasn't a Memphis. Texas loss, but it was Ole Miss uh, at
3: home, too, I believe. Yeah, a bad loss. I mean, they got destroyed.
1: Yeah. yeah it can't Early be in the year, though. Now, fourth or fifth game of the year. I don't think yeah. it was the first or second. So, uh, But uh, just like Oklahoma should have been penalized for that Texas loss, I can't get that old Miss loss out of my way for, for Alabama. So I'm going with Clemson.
0: I'll take Clemson also. I don't know why. Uh, I think this is – many are saying this is the best defense Saban has had since he's been at Alabama, which says a lot. Uh, but for some reason, my gut says pick Clemson.
3: How much of Clemson's chances depends if Shaq is able to play? yeah
2: it's a I bit, think it definitely. Big factor. Yeah, it's definitely a big factor. I um, I really like Dabo a lot. Like I do. So too. much so that it almost makes me change – makes me consider changing who i think's gonna win the game but i i picked alabama because i think um
5: it's coming the college football playoff.
2: oh i was like what is this, <laughs> I this was, like a, com- yeah. a commercial <laughs> um i pick alabama because i think um
3: because your friends with saving
2: well well that too but i <laughs> i think that uh Derrick Henry's on a mission, and I think the team has kind of rallied around him. And regardless of like the Heisman all of the accolades he's won, like I think all of their wins have been as a team, and people have stepped up when it was time. I think their defense is phenomenal, and like seeing those guys in pers- person, they're huge. And I don't think um, Clemson has come up against anybody that big and that strong and that fast. Um, from a defensive front and I'm also not impressed with Clemson because of the way they played Louisville this season Um, I just didn't feel like they were that good but they're still here for a reason Um, but overall I say Alabama I think they do cover anthem
3: well I'll tell you one thing that you brought up too is that you brought about Derrick Henry and Michigan State basically sold their soul to the devil saying that they were going to stop Alabama's running game and then and did a fairly good job of I mean they basically neutralized Derrick Henry and Brian talked about Jake Coker not getting the respect he deserves. Jake Coker answered that call, and I think that's the one thing that kind of sets it apart for me is that you can take away their best player in Derrick Henry, and Coker was able to perform at a high enough level, I mean, to destroy Michigan State. Yeah,
2: and nobody thought he could. Right. I I even was – I was very suspect on him.
1: Hey, guys, I got a little breaking news here. Nets just fired Coach Lionel Hollins. There you go. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's an early trigger there. Uh, they've been very, very disappointing. Uh, NBA action, guys. What?
3: Do you, well, uh, I gotta say, I want to say two things. First, the Knicks have already passed their win total for all of last season, which makes me extremely happy. Even if they don't make the playoffs, I think Pat Riley took a lot of heat in the offseason about the direction he was taking his team, but it's starting to show that he's got a plan. And uh, I gotta give before we get off the air, I gotta give a shout out to my to my favorite baseball player of all time. King Griffey Jr. Sure, the three people who did not vote for King Griffey Jr. getting the Hall of Fame should lose their their their, hmm. their uh, selection rights.
1: Was there three of them? Yeah, he said.
3: Yeah, it was three people. He didn't. He but the highest uh, vote total of all time to King Griffey Jr. And he goes into the Hall and uh, along with Mike Piazza.
1: Yeah, congratulations to the kid. Hey, one other thing I got to point out: Golden State, thirty-five and two. San Antonio Spurs, thirty-two and six. Those both those. Two, that's phenomenal. Thirty-five and two. Are you kidding me?
0: Great season for the NBA. A lot of opportunity for people to get behind this season. Even though the the Golden State Warriors are not going undefeated, which I, I guess many people thought they were going to. Um, Steph Curry and with that Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, what they're all doing there is absolutely amazing. And the Spurs in my opinion, may still be the guys who to beat out of the West. I mean, they're, they're, they've got Tim Duncan, they've got LaMarcus Aldridge, they still got that whole squad together. Been a great show, everybody. We appreciate everybody tuning in this morning. Mike, Ashley, Brian, thank you so much. A lot of activity on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline this morning. Thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, you can always listen to the podcasts on livesportscaster.com after the fact. We appreciate Dugan Ryan and everybody allowing us to be on the air every Sunday. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you next Sunday from 9 until noon.